3: Big sales, National Football Show. And is there a ton of news? In the background, I have the NFL Combines on, and it is just loaded with news and fast-moving news as we get ready for free agency, the draft. I mean, dude, it is a 24-7 operation nowadays in the National Football League. They are front page, by the way right out of the gate in the second hour at four 30 senior executive of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians will join us and we will talk to the Super Bowl winning head football coach of the Buccaneers. Who's now an assistant. We will talk to him. That'll be at four 30 Eastern time. And we really look forward to doing that. Bruce has been on the program a boatload of times. We look forward to talking with him. So that'll be in the second hour at four 30. Coordinators for the Eagles have been named. Brian Johnson, no surprise, has been given the task of now helping Jalen Hurts continue his evolution on being an elite quarterback. Um, I don't really think that this was rocket science. I think they wanted to have continuity. I think they wanted to make sure that they keep the culture going. You know, that's one thing I got to say about the Eagles. They got a fabulous culture. They got a fabulous culture in that building at the Novacare Center. Fun to go to work? It's always fun to go to work when you're winning. And they've built themselves a great, great culture inside that building. I think that's got a lot to do with winning. I have really never been in a place that it sucked that you won. I mean, when I went from the Miami Hurricanes – who lost one game in three years to the Buccaneers. When I got drafted, I couldn't believe the culture. I was like, Jesus, criminy!" I could not believe the failure and how people saw themselves who were at some really great programs. I was shocked Vinny and I were, because we got drafted together to the Buccaneers along with Winston Moss. And when we went to the Bucs, we were like this, Jesus, Grimony. These people put up the white flag like after the first quarter, if they're getting beat, was really a change in philosophy. You go from never losing to losing every week. It was crazy, and it was awful, and it does wear you out. And you got to be prepared for that when you get drafted. Remember something about college football compared to the NFL. They come and knock on your door and beg you to come and play at the colleges. The NFL drafts you. So you're kind of a slave to the environment and to the process. You got to go play in shitty places if you're good. I mean, right. I mean, I go from the Canes to the Bucks, And you're like, Jesus. It's like going to the moon and the sun. Hey, but it's still NFL football. Always put that in proper context. All right. Sean Desai looks like the lead candidate to become the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this would be a brilliant hire. Do you guys want to know how he got into the first place position? Remember something too. Who was the first guy to show this to you? Two weeks ago, I said, this is the guy. He's in Seattle as a assistant head coach. He was in Chicago. Okay. Big Seals brought this guy's name up two weeks ago. Okay. Now, do you guys want to know the history of Sean Desai and how he is probably going to be your new D coordinator in Philly? Um, And by the way, okay, it's been confirmed. He is the new defensive coordinator. Okay? He is the new defensive coordinator. We brought this up two weeks ago. We thought it would be a brilliant hire. He is a brilliant mind, and I'm going to give you his history and how he landed as a defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. First off, the style of defense he runs. You want to hear something crazy, guys? I know Sean Desai, and I didn't even know it. You know who reminded me? Mark Tressman. Sills, you know the guy. You talk to him almost weekly. I went, I did? He goes, don't you remember? I go, I don't remember Sean Desai, if he was standing in front of me. Sills, you don't remember talking to him about South Florida high schools, about Woodrow Wilson and Palmetto and Edison. And then it it just clicked. Okay? It just clicked. I've known this guy since 2011. I'm going to send him a text and congratulate him this is crazy here's who he is though he runs the hybrid 43 raven defense okay you're gonna see a lot of unconventional style of blitzing not a lot of it but you're gonna see not traditional blitzing like to me a guy that is set up to be the blitzer in this hybrid 43 raven defense is guess who cj gardner johnson he, he, he's going to play the role of Ed Reed in this defense. You're going to see more blitzing from the secondary with this style of defense that he's going to play. You're not going to see a ton of it from the linebackers. You never saw that with the Raven hybrid. You're going to see it from Gardner Johnson. Gardner Johnson is a hitter. He's physical, and he's going to be your guy that is going to bring the wood they're going to designate him that's why it is a priority for the eagles to land and to make sure gardner johnson doesn't leave the nova care center gary fencing style kind of a 46 look yeah that 46 look was it a little of the ravens look you know what that's funny you should say that because marvin lewis and rex ryan were coordinators in baltimore and I could see a little of that Buddy Ryan 46 when it comes to the Raven hybrid. They did a lot of blitzing with Fensick and Plank. And those guys, yeah, I, 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 can, I can see that. There's a little bit of that 46 look to it. Yes. Okay? Just got finished texting. Arians, good to go, 4.30 Eastern. Fantastic. The head former head coach and now senior executive of the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, is confirmed for the second hour. I'm going to ask him Tom Brady's distractions. Did it cost the Buccaneers the 2022 season? That'll be there. And I'll ask Bruce Arians about Jalen Hurts. Get his thoughts on Jalen from what he saw a year ago or two years ago now to what he saw this year. I'll ask him. You think dual threat can win a Super Bowl? So we'll talk to Bruce Arians. Back to Sean Desai. I can't believe I know the guy. He's from Shelton, Connecticut. Um... I got this from Mark Tressman. Mark Tressman told me, Dan, okay, that's right, Brian. What was the big thing about the, about the Raven defense? Think of the Raven style of play. They didn't bring a lot of blitzes, but when they did, Ed Reed was in the backfield, wasn't he? They did a lot with the Reds, with Suggs, right? They did a lot with Lewis, but you never saw Ray Lewis blitzing. Chris, that's really cool of you. Thank you so much. You never saw Ray Lewis blitzing. They didn't have to. They had guys who could get home. That's kind of what the birds have now, guys that can get home. So here, he's from Shelton, Connecticut. I always keep an eye on Connecticut guys. He's a BU dude, Boston University. He started his coaching career at Temple. Why is that significant? Because this is how I know him. Al Golden brought him down from Temple to Miami in 2011, where he was the assistant director of football operations in 2011. Why is this significant? Jeff Stoutland was the offensive line coach in 2010 and was the interim coach. It was part of the process when Golden got the job they were bringing in Sean decide to be football director of operations at Miami. He was part of it. Stoutland then goes to Alabama. There's a connection. Jeff Stoutland recommended Sean decide to be the defensive coordinator, okay, of the Philadelphia Eagles. This is Stoutland's influence. This is Stoutland's influence. 2011, he was at the University of Miami. Why is that also significant? Well, the guy who hired him for the Bears is Mark Tressman, who was my offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. There's a Miami Hurricane connection here. And Tressman brought him to Chicago. Mark told me, "Mark and I are dear friends. We've been friends a long time. said that this guy is brilliant. He's attention to detail. You're going to see unconventional uh, blitzes. You're not going to see linebacker blitzes, but more what Ed Reed did. So this is kind of where and who he is. Now, they went out of the building to bring this guy in. Why? Because it's almost the same, same style of play. But here's the difference with a Sean Desai. Sean Desai is going to take the building blocks that Howie drafts or goes into free agency and gets is going to construct a defensive game plan and a defensive scheme around the players. This is something Gannon couldn't do. Gannon was limited. Gannon is a plug and play coordinator. Decides not he's going to take the pieces and do what Dan Quinn did in Dallas. If I had to make a comparison to a coordinator in the NFL today, to Sean Desai, it would be Dan Quinn. And whatever you think of Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, in my opinion, I think he's a hell of a coordinator. Suspect maybe a little bit when it comes to him being a head coach, but as a coordinator, that guy is solid. And I compared Sean Desai the other day to a Belichick style of coaching. Belichick doesn't blitz. Bill doesn't bring a lot of blitzes. It's secondary-driven. That's what this team's going to be. It's secondary-driven. Okay? You've got your your equal, in my opinion, in a 39-year-old D coordinator and Sean Desai. Love the fact he's African-American. He gets an opportunity to get in line. Here's your next head football coach in National Football League. I think this guy's a star. I think Sean Desai is a star. He was a star in Seattle. Pete Carroll today at the Combines just was raving about the guy. Let me tell you what he does in meetings. Al Golden used to talk about him. He would come into the coaching meetings, and he was a director of football operations at the University of Miami, and he would talk about all those guys on where the positions that they should be put in. Then I think he got the BC job. Then I think he started coaching the safeties at Boston college the following year. Then Tressman hired him in Chicago. Okay. So there's a, there's a connect. He got in the building because of Jeff Stoutland. So all of this, you're not going to get anywhere else. Okay. I can't believe because I, I I'm very close to the football operations department. Alonzo Highsmith runs it now former Seattle um, executive and former legendary Kane and played national football league, number three pick overall. And um, I, I, that's the job Alonzo has now. And I asked him today, what do you make of, um, of Sean Desai? And Alonzo was like, this guy is a superstar. Alonzo Highsmith worked in Seattle with Pete Carroll. and was in green Bay forever and still does a little work with Seattle And he said, this guy's brilliant. He's been in a room with him. And Alonzo Highsmith, who's the director of football operations for the University of Miami right now, says that this guy's a great hire. It's a great hire. And in my opinion, I'm actually... I got to give it to Howie. and I got to give it to Jeff. These guys really do a great job of hiring. This is a fabulous hire. I mean it. This hybrid 43, you're going to like it. If you're looking, you know some, uh, and and I hear people going, yeah, but he doesn't blitz. You're not gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna be, they're gonna be situational blitzing, unlike with Gannon. But I'll tell you what, you will see, you'll see press coverage. Okay, you'll see press coverage more. He believes in press coverage. His his major philosophy is getting the quarterback off rhythm. How do you do that? Most quarterbacks like to get back to a point. They pat the ball, they dance in the pocket, and they throw to a point. Making any kind of adjustment for some of these quarterbacks throws them completely off. Kurt Warner was a great example of that. If you rolled him left, he wasn't as effective. That's why most teams, and when you had Monty Kiffin move, Monty Kiffin would move him around, you moved him off his point, you had a better chance of beating him. They had a great team though, with Marshall Falcon, and those guys and Torrey Holt, and but when they moved them around, it gave them a better opportunity to get a chance to win a ball game. So, in my opinion, here, here, okay, here's a guy that's going to put a scheme together. Now, to me, now that I know it's Sean Desai, here's who I think are going to be influential and who's going to benefit the most playing in this football scheme. Josh Sweat is going to be a stud. Hassan Reddick, it's almost like they hired Sean Desai because of Reddick. Because guess what role Reddick's going to play? Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs wasn't asked to cover. He wasn't asked to cover backs out of the backfield. He was asked to get after the quarterback, run people down from behind, and get to the quarterback. It was almost like they hired him because of Redick. That's going to be a new formula for the Eagles to go after, is a guy, these hybrid sack guys. No longer do you have to be 6'6". You know, if if Jalen Hurts is changing the opinion on what a dual-threat quarterback is – Hassan Reddick at 6'1", 235. Terrell Suggs wasn't a big dude either. Okay? Suggs was a dog. I believe he played his ball at Arizona State. I think he's like 6'3". But he was an unconventional rush end. Most of the rush ends you see today are like 6'5". Okay? Okay? Jesse Gosell's. Does this hire make you think differently on who the Eagles should keep and sign? Oh, absolutely. My opinion, Javon Hardgrave, you're out. I don't need you. I don't need you. Milton Williams will fill the bill. Okay. And for the record, Javon Hardgrave, they were 16th against the run. That's not going to improve with Javon Hardgrave. Okay. Most of your sacks are going to come from the perimeter into the side defense. Um, Jordan's got to play better and bigger. I think they probably get a either free agent tackle or they draft a guy. The linebackers have to be, they don't really have to be superstar cover guys. Leads me to believe that they make a run at TJ Edwards and keeping him in the building and letting Kaiser White roll. Okay, letting White roll TJ, I think, makes more sense in the Sean Desai defense because they need run stoppers and they need guys who can scrape the lane. That is a lot of pressure on the two defensive tackles in a scheme like this that has a 46 look. Remember, it's a 43 hybrid, which means you could see guys tilting over the nose. You could see three defensive tackles, one over the center, over the guard and wide nine. It's a hybrid 43. What does hybrid 43 mean? It's going to have a 4-3 feel to it. But they're going to move these guys, three technique, one technique, two technique, zero technique, A gap, B gap, C gap, or wide nines coming down to a five. So you have to have a middle linebacker that's smart. And here's the thing too. This is going to be a completely different scheme than what they played last year. I think the secondary is going to have the same feel to it in what they did a year ago. Um, but it's going to be, this is a completely different scheme now. The hybrid 43 has nothing to do with Jonathan Gannon. And again, once again, I want to make sure you understand there's going to be less blitzing, but you're going to see more effective blitzing from a guy like Gardner Johnson. I think a guy like Gardner Johnson's perfect in that role that Ed Reed played in that Ravens hybrid. He, he was that guy. You never, Like I said, you never saw Ray Lewis blitzing a lot. They didn't blitz a lot with that. And they ran games and stunts on the corners in the perimeter. You're going to see more of that. Okay? So, I think Epps and Maddox, I'll tell you this. One thing's for sure. When you play this hybrid, you've got to have good corners and safeties. You can't have this. Good safeties, shitty stuff. I mean, good corners, shitty safeties. Those guys are your patrol, are your patrolmen in the middle of the field in the zone. Those guys are going to play closer up on the ball now with that 43 look, and your safeties are going to have to make plays like Wolverine linebackers, and your corners are going to play a little bit further back than what these guys are. I'm not saying like Jonathan Gannon 40 yards off the ball, but they're going to be steps behind the safeties, and the safeties are going to move closer to the line. So this is this is gonna be a completely different looking defensive mindset too. It's gonna be aggressive. Tone saying, Sills, are you saying Desai will be able to squeeze the most out of the personnel despite the talent level? Something Gannon was always making excuses for. Yeah, like Dan Quinn. There's going to be lesser talent because of money situations now on the team on that side of the ball, but you're going to have a more creative guy and Sean Desai on that side of the ball. This is exactly what you needed. And by the way, if I was Desai, I'd reach out to Seth Joyner see if he wanted to coach the linebackers. I think this is a perfect situation for Seth to walk in. I think he would work wonderful with Sean Desai. I know Sean. I think Seth Joyner as a linebacker coach and someone in his ear would be a fabulous hire. He would work wonderfully with him because he would teach – Sean would teach him, hey, you know, you get a little further with honey than you do with vinegar. And that to me is something that I think Seth would have to like keep – Control of, but I think he'd be a great linebacker coach in this. And I do think this now, by the way, that Bama kid makes sense now, but I'll tell you something. There is no question. Devon Witherspoon is the guy. Devon Witherspoon, Illinois corner is the guy. He's bigger than CJ. He's the guy. I don't give a shit what they think. He's the guy, not Gonzalez. He fits that scheme. Gonzalez is a really good cover corner. This kid, Devon Weatherspoon, is a hitter. You know, the kid Porter might fit in this thing too. Okay. I think Porter, I think they're, when they're at the combines this week, in my opinion, I think they're going to be looking heavily at Witherspoon and Porter on deciding on who the guy is, who fits Sean Desai's um, scheme and what he wants to do because that guy right there is going to be the Ed Reed in this Ravens hybrid. Go back and watch how the Ravens played on YouTube and you'll see what your defense wants to get accomplished. That's what Sean Desai means to the Eagles. Is he an upgrade from Gannon? Absolutely. And he needs to be. You know why? Lesser talent, better schedule, more creative. Gannon would have been exposed. So he was exposed in the Super Bowl. With the quarterbacks that he was going to face, remember something. It's not Jalen Hurts versus Josh Allen. It's, 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 it's Josh Allen versus Jonathan Gannon. Okay? It's it's not it's it's not Jalen. It's not him versus Buffalo. It's, it's, it's Jalen Hurts versus Sean McDermott. I think, by the way, Leslie Frazier stepping down, I wouldn't be shocked if Sean McDermott takes over the defense. He's more than qualified to do that up there. Why? Leslie takes a step back for personal reasons. I could see McDermott. Dude, I'm not going to hire a guy if my head coach is more talented than the guy I hire. Why would I do that? Okay. And and by the way, a tadpole is more creative than Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, he never created a defense. And here, follow me here when I say this to you. What was was his excuses when it came to poor run defense? Well, we need new players. No, dude, you need to come up with a scheme to stop the run. That's why you get paid that money and why, why you wear the DC headset. He was never able to do it. Howie had to parachute in and get him Sue and Joseph. That's how they fixed problems. They couldn't get home. What'd they do? They went out and got Reddick. They weren't good at one of the corner positions. It wasn't Gannon creating a secondary scheme to stop people and stop those completion percentages from going through the roof. They went out and got Bradbury. Howie saved it. Howie Roseman got Jonathan Gannon a job. By putting better personnel on that side of the ball and shittier schedule and shittier teams. Not the Eagles' fault. I'm not, this is not a rip on making it to the Super Bowl. It's a dumb argument by me if I say that. If you lined up 72 stiff sells and we still make it to the Super Bowl, does it matter? No. It doesn't matter. But that guy was never creative. And when you This is why when you played against really great quarterbacks, you got killed because that guy was never the guy. I will go down to my grave that that guy was never the dude. This kid here, this man here, Sean Desai, this is what a young D coordinator looks like. This is a young Bill Belichick. This is a young Jim Johnson. This is a young Buddy Ryan. He may not, and by the way, you know why he's in the Eagle building? He's got the mentality of those men, but not the personality. Eagles don't want personalities at coaching in the building here to get in the way of thinking and putting defenses together. That's what creates animosity inside your locker room. Look, look you know, one thing about that Bears team with Buddy Ryan, what did you have in that building that was like really awful? Culture. That's why they won one Super Bowl instead of multiple. Buddy had his guys. Dick had his guys, and it lasted one year. Why? Culture. The culture in Chicago never coincided with one another. That's why they are easily, the 85 Bears are easily the most overrated and underachieving team of all time. They won one Super Bowl. During that era, Washington won multiple Super Bowls. The Giants, with no offense, won Super Bowls. Why? They had a great culture. They had a great culture in the building. John, really cool of you. Thank you so much, sir. What's up, Dan? I agree. Witherspoon is the pick at 10. With the hiring of Sean Desai, my question is, do you expect us to use another high pick to fully rebuild the secondary. No, I think they're going to go into free agency and sign the kid that I told you yesterday, that kid Murphy, somebody like that um, out in Arizona that I think they're going to end up doing something because you need experience in this defense. John Witherspoon with, ex- Witherspoon with an experienced secondary guy and with Darius Slay, my opinion, Perfect perfect to teach a young kid like witherspoon okay absolutely so again just a little bit 39 years of age he's from shelton connecticut i can't believe mark tressman goes you know sean and i'm like i do you talk to him every day in miami he said I, i i he goes i told him you were covering the eagles and i said where he goes dude he was at miami I said, Al Golden brought him down? He goes, yeah. Brought him down from Temple. Al was going to move him into a position, and he was going to be the secondary coach down at the University of Miami. By the way, just so you know, will somebody tell me the year that Ed Reed and Sean Taylor were drafted? Somebody tell me the years that those two guys were drafted. Because I think I think uh, Buchanan also... Could have been down there during that time because he was the director of football operations. When was Ed Reed and Sean Taylor drafted? What years were that? Um, I think that had to be two thousand four, five. That those guys were were drafted. And ha- well, let's see. Reed may Reed may have went in two thousand, and I think Taylor went in four. Reed two thousand two. Okay, he wasn't there for that. He wasn't He wasn't there for that. No, Geron wasn't. Was Ed there? No, I don't think Ed was there. Ed wasn't there. 2004? No, okay. But Taylor and those guys were drafted out of that secondary, and they were trying to recruit the same kind of kids that they had down there. Taylor's 4 Okay, that's what I kind of thought. Yeah, man. One of the absolutely... You know, if Jerome Brown was a massive loss, folks, Sean Taylor, my friend, woof, I hope recruit the kid. And Ed Ed was a highly recruited kid, I think, out of Louisiana. Sean Taylor's just a brilliant, super kid. Just a super kid. Sean Taylor was just an absolute Hall of Fame, and he was on his way to the Hall of Fame. Okay, getting a Sean Taylor on your football team, is a one in a million, a one in a, a one in a century type of guy. He was he was he was gonna be better than Ed Reed. And I think Ed Reed's the best safety in the history of the sport. He's the most accomplished. Ed was great in special teams. Ed was great as a safety in both college and pro. This guy's the greatest safety to ever play and the smartest. Those are the kind of guys. That play in a Sean Desai defense. That's what you're going to get. Players like that. Okay, Ed Reed ran that hybrid forty-three that you're going to now run in Philly. Think of that. That's exciting. That's exciting. Shields, but he doesn't. I don't blitzing. Who cares? stopping people and being physical that's what i care about manning up that run defense a little better 16th i'd like to see it 12 12 would be a massive improvement i think you got watch this here, here here's something to think about with Desai. i think you got smarter on defense I think you got smarter today. You got smarter on defense and tougher. Smarter and tougher you got on defense today with this hire. He's 39 years old. This guy's going to be a head coach in two years. Better get the most out of him. Okay. Arthur goes, blitzing is important. How important was it to you last year? You won 14 ball games. Blitzing's important. Winning games is important. Stopping top flight quarterbacks is important. The way the defensive schemes are today, okay, you can't play Buddy Ryan's 46 today. Buddy Ryan's 46 would not work in today's NFL. it, It would not work with the rules that are set up. The formation and the foundation and the framework of the of of the of the forty six, probably you could adjust it to today's game, but you couldn't play that exact front. Okay, Charlie goes why? Because you can't man the middle of the field anymore, and you can't. You have to have release on the wide receiver. You can't beat that wide receiver up like you could at the line of scrimmage back in the day. You got a seven yard you got a seven-yard chuck rule where you can maul that guy, beat that guy into oblivion. You can't do that anymore. What we'll call holding on your ass? Helmet to helmet you have now on top of that? Defenseless receivers? What is that rule? There was never a rule like that back in the day. And what you have with Sean Desai here, he knows all that. He takes today's game. By the way, you got to understand something here, too. Don't just look at Vic Fangio and go, well, he's a disciple. No. Vic Fangio, you think he's a better D coordinator than Pete Carroll? Are you crazy? So when you say Sean Desai comes out of that Vic Fangio school, I don't think so. I think he comes out of what Carroll thinks. Carroll's an agress- Carroll built that Legion of Boom up there, or that Legion of Doom up there, with third rounders, second rounders, How many guys were first-round draft choices in that secondary? Cam Chancellor was a late-round guy. Irvin wasn't the linebacker. How many first-rounders did they have on that defense? That Legion of Boom. Hey Tone, how many? I mean, how how many? How many first-rounders? I'm not even sure Richard Sherman was a first-rounder, out of Stanford. Anton says, "Do you think the side would have got us the stop we needed in the Super Bowl?" Yeah, because you know what he wouldn't have done? He wouldn't have been passing wideouts out in the second half. He would have saw that they were trying to confuse the secondary with crossing routes, and they did. That's exactly what happened to the Eagles in the second half. Andy Reid saw that they were passing wideouts off, crossing the fields instead of staying with your man. They were not man cover corners. That's why he knew it. Earl Thomas was a first-rounder. Okay. Earl Thomas. There's 11 other dudes. Michael Bennett was a free agent. The Bucs traded him. Actually, the Bucs found him when he was cut from New Orleans. New Orleans cut the guy. The Bucs picked him up. Then they sent him to Seattle, and I went like this. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. That guy's going to be a player, and he turned out to be a great player up there. Easley was way before he played for Jack Patero. So, but but Carroll built that secondary with later picks. That defense, I, I'll tell you this, that defense is could play today. That legion of boom is exactly what you want today. Aggressive. <laughs> DEs that can get home. They were good in the middle. Not great. The linebackers were really good. Bobby Wagner shows up then. I don't even know what round Bobby Wagner went in. You got Wagner and and all them dudes that were just later picks. That defense is exactly what you're going to see built in Philly, is exactly what Pete Carroll put together. That's why Carroll today at the Combines was raving about the guy. Was raving. Michael Bennett wore, yeah. Hey, hey, Michael, Michael Bennett didn't wear shoulder pads. He wore rugby pads under his uniform. Bobby Wagner was a fourth round pick. That's the kind of guys, that's what they did up there in Seattle. The Cam Chancellors, like I said, the Bobby Wagners, the Michael Bennett's, Finding free agents that fit into a scheme. That's why they – hey, there's no coincidence that defense was spectacular last year with Desai being the assistant head football coach and with Carroll up there. They completely turned – they need a pass rusher. That's where I think they're going to go in the draft. They need a pass rusher. Okay? Pete Carroll is a great coach. He's a great coach. By the way, you know what's crazy? Everyone goes, Pete failed in his first go-around in the NFL. He had a winning record. Overall, he had a winning record. Coached the Jets, coached the Patriots. Where do you think Belichick got all those guys like Teddy Bruschi and Mike Vrabel? They were all set up. Most of the guys on defense, when Belichick showed up, Carroll recruited them. Carroll recruited them. And then Pete went to USC so he could learn how to deal with players and young players. Rest is history. He's going to Canton. Then he, get, get this, then he spots Sean Desai, a young 38-year-old guy, and he goes like this. This guy looks like a young Pete Carroll. And he brings him up there. And they changed the landscape of that defense a year ago. This kid's a great hire. You know, I talk shit on Howie and I talk shit on Jeffrey Lurie, but I'll tell you what, boy, these guys are masterful at hiring. They are masterful. They do their homework. They do their homework, man. They bring quality human beings and quality coaches. You know, you could say whatever you want about Steichen and Gannon, but the number one thing is these two guys are head coaches in the NFL. That's not by coincidence. Doug Peterson's a head coach. Andy Reid's a head coach. Chip Kelly, as shitty as he was in Philly, is the head coach of UCLA, and he's turned that thing around. There hasn't been a coach in the last 22 years in Philadelphia that has sucked. Try that one on. You guys are starting to look like the Steelers. You haven't had a bad coach in 22 years. That's freaking unbelievable. Arizona can't get it right. Indianapolis can't get it right. The Jets can't get it right. Chicago can't get it right. Philly gets it right. Whatever you want to say about them, they get it right. Guy down in Jacksonville is proving he's a great coach. Okay. They thought it was time to move on from it getting out of hand. You know, I'm starting to side on that side with the Eagles now. Hey, Doug, I know you wanted more power, but that's not how we operate here. So guess what? Maybe we do kick the can down the road. You look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid's experience has made him who Andy Reid is right now. Big Red was not going to the Hall of Fame until he got to Kansas City. But all the experiences that he learned in Philly all have now played and applied his trait in Kansas City to a – generational quarterback and to what I thought was the best coach second half of football I've seen since maybe Belichick and Brady when they beat the Rams in that last drive. That was some of the best coaching I've ever seen. Doug Peterson coached and out coaching Belichick. Think of the moments that you have here now with these coaches and I'm going on about, this is crazy. Andy Reid, second half against the Eagles. Doug Peterson against the Patriots. Those are brilliantly coached games. These guys are savants, man. And now they bring in a guy like this. You know, Mark Trestman was telling me, he goes, this is some higher. He had to be high on everybody's list. It was, hey, and by the way, people are going, well, you didn't get Leonard. I don't want Leonard. If this, I get him. We didn't get the guy from Georgia. I don't want him if I get him. He's the best hire you could have hired. He was probably targeted from day one. Had to be. I told you this name two weeks ago. I said, if they land this guy, this guy's brilliant. And you're going to see a lot of new faces on that side of the defense. By the way, Wilson will be embraced. Denard Wilson will be embraced. Tracy Rocker will be embraced. Okay? Because remember, the, the staff has been hired by Howie for a reason. Tone's like, I'm with you, Sills. How can you argue about Roseman and the Eagles' structure? They have one Super Bowl, two appearances, two NFC championships since doing it Howie's way. It's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. And if you want to really go even further, he was in the building when they went to the Super Bowl and Andy lost. So there's three NFC championships while he's been in the front office, watching Joe Banner and Andy and Jeffrey Lurie hire practices. And by the way, they've kept that train going. Joe Banner put down the cement in Philly and how it was to be proceeded after him on hiring quality guys, making sure you got the right people, you did your due diligence. You know you know me, guys. I look for the negative in everything. There's nothing negative here. There's nothing. I don't give a shit if you bring back half the roster. This guy will make it work, Sean Desai. Brilliant. Brilliant. Goosebump, brilliant. Goosebump, brilliant. He's going to be a head coach in two years. Man, now, a person I talked to, Tressman, um, I'm, I'm going to text Jeff Stoutland. I guarantee you Jeff Stoutland had some input into this. Okay. Now, the question will be this. the Slay have enough juice to play this? If I had to pick a player that I think is going to be in trouble here with this game, it would be Darius Slay. Because you got to be a cover corner. You just can't be a center fielder here. You've got to play both. You've got to press it, and you got to cover in a, in a, in a zone. Can you do both? I don't think he can. I think the reason that he got cut loose in Detroit is why. Patricia and Belichick are man cover corners. Asante Samuel and all those kind of dudes that play Darrell Revis, those guys are cover corners, press corners. That's why Patricia gave up on him. How he brought him in, he played center field. He's played center field making 18 million bucks. That is not worth that money. You can get anybody to play that. Anybody that's halfway functional. Okay? Anybody. And you know what's crazy? Is that he did such a great job against John uh, Justin Jefferson. He did such a great job against him. After that, he earned his pay and they took the rest of the year off. I mean, everybody. I mean, the, the Juju Smith-Schuster owned him. Could not play press coverage. He's not an $18 million corner because he can't do what it's expected of him to do for $18 million. He can't play both. Like, watch this. The kid in Kansas City, that McDuffie kid, he's better. He's better. I mean, you can't tell big Sills that you have the two best duo corners when they don't play press and only play center field. You 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 can't tell me that. And every and this is why every time even Dak went for 78% completion percentage and put up 40 on you. Even Dak, what was – was Andy Dalton went for almost 80%. From week 11, the average quarterback percentage completion against the Eagle defense was over 75%. You're lucky Jalen was great. Samson, he shut down Justin Jefferson and then went to bed. He never, ever lived up to what he did. Once again, here, man, Sean decided the hiring. And what I love about what the Eagles did, too, they made sure they got their coordinators in place so that they could do interviews now. And Devon Witherspoon, I'm going to call Lovey tonight. And I'm, you know what? We should try to get Lovey Smith on the program. Would you guys like that? You know why Lovey Smith was not ever going to be considered? I said it yesterday to you, and I'll just hit on it a little bit. Levy was never, ever going to be your coordinator. Why was that? Because Howie Roseman is not going to build a defense around linebackers. The cover two has to have Ryan Shazier and Derek Brooks. There's only two linebackers in the league that could play like that. Fred Warner and Roquan Smith in Baltimore. The rest of them can't. And you don't have a guy in your roster, nor are you going to pay a guy, he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit what they want to do. They want... Remember, I tell you this all the time. What are the money positions in the NFL? What are the money positions? Corner, edge rusher, wide receiver, O-line, tight end, and quarterback. Howie has never invested in the linebacker position. Shit, TJ Edwards fell into his lap. He went out and got Kai's ear. Chargers wanted to keep him, couldn't afford him. They're still in Capel in Los Angeles. So he got a bargain deal on that. How he's going to go free agency for linebackers and he's going to draft a guy maybe in the fourth or fifth round. Okay. TJ goes Eagles will be back at the Bull boy, this hire surely puts that back into focus again. I didn't think so. I've got to tell you guys, this hire is giving me goosebumps, man. It's a brilliant hire. I mean, this guy, Howie Roseman, is the best general manager in the National Football League. He, I mean, he's not the greatest drafter. He's not. And I'll, I'll, I'll stick to that. But he, I mean, overall, Jesus, man, these hires are sick. They're sick. Bobby Wagner in a, in a defense like this, he was terrible with the Rams. I don't know. Depends on what the money is for Bobby Wagner. It just would depend on the money. I'd like to have his leadership and all that, but. If it's too rich, I'm moving on. I don't need it. I'd rather have TJ than Bobby Wagner. I'd rather have TJ Edwards. Knows the culture. He's in the building. I feel comfortable with him. Players like him. He's a leader. Um, He's going to command $7 million, probably from a team like Minnesota or Chicago. So, you know, there's a money thing here with him. Again, I just I, – this is really just a great hire. Seals, do you think Slay's play or and scheme? I think a little of both in there. Bob, and I don't, want to be a, um, I don't want to be a guy here to sit here and, you know, play politician with you. I think Darius Slay shut it down after the Justin Jefferson because, quite frankly, I don't remember him being significant at all in any game other than that Minnesota game. And after that, I thought basically he took the rest of the year off and they paid him big money for it. Okay. So I, I just I, I don't know if Bobby Wagner has any. Wagner was second team, all pro. How old is he? Let's think about this. Cause if he's if how old is Bobby Wagner? Thirty two. Second team all pro Hey Tone, do you know what he made last year? Because he's kind of a guy that would fit in a decide scheme for a year or two. He, He he would fit in the scheme. One year deal again? How he's notorious at it. He's thirty two. I want to know what he made last year because that could determine if you're going to make a play for him. He's a he's a Hall of Fame player. Don't get me wrong here. Okay, he's a Hall of Fame player, but I, I don't want anything to do with Jalen Ramsey. I have no interest in Jalen Ramsey. No interest. No interest. Too much money. Too much of a headache. And the Rams are trying to move him now. If you watch this, if you guys want Jalen Ramsey, why don't you just wait for him to get cut? They're trying to move him now. He's going to get cut because the Rams are in cap hell. Wait for him to get cut. Wagner made seven point two million bucks last year. Five with incentives. I'd I'd call him. I'd call him. I'd call him and kind of spitball some stuff with him if I'm Desai and Howie and Nick. I think those guys I think you have a conversation with him after March fifteenth. Or he's been cut now, so I I don't know if you can talk with a guy that's been released. Now, I'm not sure you could start a conversation. I think, the, I think the new year has to start, and free agency has to start March 15th. So I think you have to kind of wait. Five million with incentives, could push him over near seven million. Kind of give him the uh, Bradbury deal. Would you rather pay Bobby Wagner seven million or TJ Edwards? Wagner's a better player. Wagner's a better player. Does he fit in that hybrid? Could he play Ray Lewis? Think again, guys, do me a favor here. This is the best way for you to envision what the Eagles are going to look like. If you close your eyes, do you have anybody right now on the roster that could play Ray Lewis? Kind of TJ. Bobby Wagner would be an upgrade. But it's a lot, Set five million with incentives. Who plays Ed Reed's role? CJ, okay. Remember, they had pretty good corners on that Raven hybrid. Remember, Rod Woodson was out there. They had Dion in that team. They had pretty good corners on that team. So you got to be able to play press and man when you're in a decide defense. Do you have those corners now? Slay's not that guy. I don't think he fits. I think the hiring of Sean Desai, I think it telegraphs that they're going to move Darius Slay. I don't believe he fits into the system. I think they just put Darius Slay on notice. Because he, he can't the reason he was dealt in Detroit is because he wasn't man cover. That's why Matt Patricia got let go of him. You know, I, I didn't realize why Matt let go of him until I thought about how he played this year. Yeah, Matt Matt likes press corners. And when asked to press, he can't. To me, I I think you are earmarked 100% for two dudes. Get asked the question, what guy in the draft? I don't think it's Gonzalez. I think it's Porter or it's Witherspoon. If I had to pick, I want Witherspoon. I like him because I think he's more physical and he reminds me more of Ed Reed. That's the guy that's going to be your blitzing guy from the hybrid 43 that they run. It's called the Ravens hybrid 43. That's what he runs. That's what they run in Seattle. That's what he's accustomed to. So envision who plays Suggs, Hassan Reddick. And you need two meatheads in the middle. Think about that Raven defense. I mean, Remember, who's the guy now that's in the middle there? Nagata, what's his name? The kid from Oregon or Utah. That that big giant dude that they had in there for like ever. Remember that guy? What was his name? The defensive tackle that the Ravens had in there forever that just stopped the run and he was a plug. Maybe that's what they tell Jordan Davis. Hey, dude, you don't have to be a pass rusher anymore. You just got to stop the run. Slade pressed well with Schwartz. Well, I didn't see any of that. That's it. Nagata. Okay? That guy, remember, he was a first-round draft choice, too. They just told him, stop the run. Defense has got it. Shit, Tony Saragusa, man. That, That Ravens hybrid 43 always had defensive tackles like Sam Adams, big horse dudes. They weren't overly productive, but what did they do? They made the linebacker scrape lane easy to go up and down the line of scrimmage. They had Goose, Adams, Nagata. They had all them big giant horse dudes. I mean, they never had productive defensive tackles, but they were productive at keeping the run under control. And it they were essential in the whole landscape of the structure of the defense because you stop the run, you press, you can't win. You can't beat that defense. Okay, so Jordan Davis now turns into Vince Wolfolk here. Now, the 13th pick, he turned him into a fire hydrant. Not exactly what I want, but get this, guys. Hey, Tone, everyone. The hiring of Sean Desai probably saved Jordan Davis's career because now he's not going to be asked to be Fletcher Cox. And if he develops into it, wow. But he's going to be asked to do one thing. Stop it. Don't let – improve on 16th. I'd love to see the Eagles improve on 16th against the run. Still, imagine if the Eagles would have gotten Roquan instead of Quinn. Yeah, but, man, you're not going to pay a guy $100 million and then turn around and pay your quarterback. I mean, it's the they they were thinking. Howie was thinking ahead. Baltimore is able. Get this. Baltimore is able to do that and put a hundred million on the table. I don't. I'm not so sure Baltimore's going to give this uh, Lamar Jackson all that money. I'm ju- I'm just not a hundred percent sold on that. No, Michael. But you know, we 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 looked at it. And yeah, Bobby was pretty decent on a bad football team. They were always playing from behind the Rams. Bobby Wagner, we're talking here. Um, I also want to throw something at you before we get Bruce Arians on in hour number two at 4.30. What round should the Eagles draft a quarterback? I got some names. And I want to go back a little bit more on the type of defense you're going to see with Sean Desai. Also, Brian Johnson being named the offensive coordinator. I want to hit both on that, hour number two. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
4: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Billy the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
6: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
7: Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401Ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: Power number two: National Football Show, Bruce Arians at four thirty Eastern. Um, just to reiterate on the hiring, man, the Eagles are really good at it. You know, I'm the guy that likes to find the area where you failed. And kind of let you guys know, let's not go down that route again. When we talk about dual threat and all that other shit. But when you look at the hiring grand slams that Howie and Jeffrey Lurie have made in the last 22 years, it's remarkable. I'm trying to think of another franchise in the NFL right now with that type of success. It's got to be the Steelers because they don't hire a lot of people. The Patriots have been a shit show the last three years. The Dolphins are atrocious. The Joe Philbins of the world. I mean, the general, the Jeff Ireland's of the world. All them assholes. The Rams got it right with McVay. Washington. I mean, the reason the Eagles dominate the NFC East is because they're higher quality people. Starts with the owner. Baltimore too. D. You're right. Baltimore two. Okay, sales. So what What do you do for wide receiver three? Going to draft. Going to the draft. I don't want to spend any money on a veteran wide receiver at number three. Why? I don't want the bitching. I don't want the complaining from a veteran guy. I don't care. I'm going to draft a guy in the latter rounds, four, five, or six, put a guy at three. That's what I'm going to do. Okay? I'm going to re-sign Gainwell in Boston, and I might get a veteran back. That doesn't cost me an arm and a leg, but I'm going cheaper at the running back position in wide receiver three. That's what I'm doing. Now, let me, one more, again, I, I I just love this hire. Forgive me if I go back over it again here. Who plays, here, one thing to keep in your mind, and we'll talk about Brian Johnson here. One thing you keep in, keep in your mind when you're watching them and how they draft and sign free agents. Have the Ravens defense with Ed Reed and Ray on it and envision the players that you have currently. Josh Sweat, who was that kid from Florida State that had playing defensive end? Who was that kid? What was that guy's name? That was their end on the other side of Suggs. Baltimore Ravens defense that won the Super Bowl. The two. The two thousand Baltimore Raven. No, no, no. John Harbaugh's Super Bowl win. Okay, the two thousand thirteen Baltimore Ravens. Okay, here's here here's here's what they had. Arthur Jones, Brandon Williams, guys like that. Their linebackers, that's exactly, they had Elvis Dumerville. That's who I'm thinking. Elvis Dumerville, guys like that. Elvis Dumerville is, my God Almighty. Guys, Elvis Dumerville is a replica of Hassan Reddick. He's a replica. You know, I could never think of a pass rusher that was his size. He may weigh a little more, but I think they're both six feet, six one. Bowlware. That's it. Big picking It was wear. It Was bowlware. That's right. It was bowlware, and those guys were very productive. Okay, very productive. Elvis Dumervil. Remember that guy. The, the Broncos effed up um, on his contract, and he became a free agent. Then he went to Baltimore. Yeah, Bowler is an FSU kid. You're right; that's the kid too. That played end, but Bowler was on the other side. He went to Louisville. Look, look at what Dank said. Dumervil's five eleven. I mean, I, I didn't. I couldn't think of a guy with like five eleven, who who was a pass rusher like Hassan Reddick. Reddick, six one two thirty five. That's kind of what this is. It, it's exactly how they used him in Baltimore, is how Sean Desai is going to use him in Philly. That's exactly how you use him. Um, Yale, Desai was at Temple when Al Golden was there. Because Al Golden brought him to Miami as the director of football operations in 2011. So um, he was at the university of Miami in 2011. Before that, I I, I, here, I got it here. He started his career at temple. I, I didn't write the year down, but golden brought him into temple and then golden brought him down to Miami. Then golden got fired. And that's how that whole thing worked out. Um, Big Seals Arians is from New Jersey. He's a Temple legend. Oh, that's right. He's on at the bottom of the hour. That's right. I'm going to start that off. I'm going to go, you know, we're based in Philly here. And I know you're a Temple dude. That's right. He went to school with um, the uh, Barber twins' dad. If I'm not mistaken, I... Oh, no, no, no. Bruce went to Virginia Tech, and Virginia, at Virginia Tech, he went to school with the Barber's father. They were roommates there. And I believe the Barber twins went to Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Golden's your buddy. <laughs> Can't believe that guy's the defensive coordinator of Notre Dame. I, I find that unbelievable. Okay, hey, you know who's dropping a little bit is Will Anderson. Boy, if Will Anderson gets down to six, if I'm Howie, I don't know. I may, uh, I may want to jump up and drop and grab, and grab that guy. Can you imagine him being your Terrell Suggs and your Sean Side defense, and you got you got Will Anderson, and you have Hassan Reddick as your end rushers. Shit, and you're gonna turn Jordan Davis into a run stopping freak. Man, <laughs> I'd be pretty good with that. Oh, man. That's right. He was at Temple for um, in the 80s. If I'm not mistaken, I think he went from there to Alabama. Or first he started at Alabama, then he went to uh, Temple. But he coached with Coach Bryant. Yeah, Bruce coached with Coach Bryant, if I'm not mistaken, at Alabama. Yeah, like Garrett Blunt, Buccaneers are in salary cap held They're fifty-three million dollars over the cap because of Brady. Brady will give them thirty-five million dollars in relief once they release him after the fifteenth. Um, so that money will come off. They'll restruct. They'll probably have to try to restructure the contract, and um, they'll bring down the base, and then so it won't be much of a hit at all. So as of right now, the, the Bucks are going to get $35 million off the books with Brady. Okay? Paul goes, Will Anderson will not get to six. I'm shocked we're even saying six. I didn't think two months ago he couldn't get to four. Okay? So, hey, once again, fabulous hire. Brian Johnson now. Keep your continuity going. Here's a guy that's known Jalen Hurts since he was three years old. What a luxury in a friend coaching you. And the kind of kid that Jalen is, you know what's really cool that some players would do? Jalen Hurts is not going to take advantage of his friendship with Brian Johnson. He's going to respect his position, his place, what he wants to become in the NFL. That's the difference between a guy like Jalen Hurts and a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Again, I've never had a problem with Jalen the man. I've never had a problem with Jalen the man, and you all know that. And this is why they're going to give him his money. He's not going to take advantage. You know what, too? Probably went down in the building. It wouldn't shock me if they went to him and went, Nick went to him and said, hey, look, we're going to name Brian. We've decided to name Brian. And Jalen probably went wonderful. And he's going to help him get a job the same way Shane Steichen got a job. Jalen Hurts basically got Shane Steichen a job. Howie Roseman got Jonathan Gannon the job. And he's not going to take advantage of that. He's not, you know how sometimes you have a friend that's your boss and you expect certain latitudes to be given to you and maybe exemptions to be given to you, you know, because you know a guy a long time. That's human nature. But the good ones and the great players and the great people that have that don't take advantage of that. And you know how you earn more respect? is not taking advantage of that. The relationship with Brian Johnson has been built because of respect, not because they've known each other and familiarity. It's been built on respect. So when Brian says something to Jalen, he's not begging him. Like when you had your quarterback, Carson Wentz, in the building, I would imagine there was some teeth pulling on shit that he was asked to do. There's none of that. Because Hurts, I'll tell you something that Jalen showed me a little bit. Jalen's kind of like a psychologist, too. He understands human nature. That's important at that position, I think. Like Brady. Brady knew the Aaron Hernandez's and the Antonio Browns, but he also knew the Julian Edelman's who needed a kick. Watch this. Brady would kick Julian Edelman and Amendola in the ass, but he would treat Aaron Hernandez and Antonio Brown with kid gloves. That's knowing human nature. There's certain guys you can push a button on, then there's certain guys that need a boot in the ass. Aaron Rodgers doesn't take any time, nor is... Can I tell you what Aaron Rodgers is? Aaron Rodgers is Carson Wentz. He's just better. Aaron Rodgers is Carson Wentz. He's just better than Wentz. He's just better. Okay? (laughs) Same attitude. Doesn't work with his teammates. Barely talks to him. Doesn't even go to training camp or mini camps with him. This last year was the first year that they had a conversation where maybe it'd be a good thing for the young wide receivers if the quarterback showed up. They started winning some games. You know why they started winning some games late in the year? Because he was doing that with his wideouts. Seals, is your only problem with Jalen injury? Yes. Yes. The inevitability of injury. That's, Jeremiah, that's always been my problem. My problem with Josh Allen my problem with Lamar Jackson, my problem with Kyler Murray. That has always been my problem. Absolutely, dual threat doesn't last. Hurts in two years hasn't played a full season. Well, that's not going to improve. That's my problem. But the man, the player, the energy, teammate, the leadership, all of that is exactly what you want. If you were going to put a blueprint together, and you were going to put how you want to have a face of a franchise. And you were going to put a book and give it to all these kids at the Combines. Jalen Hurts's face, and to some extent, Dak Prescott's face, would be on the cover. This is what's expected of you. This is what is expected of you. Be prepared for this. Jalen Hurts would be brilliant at these symposiums for these young players going into teams. Ups and downs, fastballs that come at you from all angles. Okay? Don't forget Bruce Arians, bottom of the hour. I'm going to ask him about dual threat. I'm also going to ask him about Brady. Um, Still, Steve Young got hurt a lot. He's rocking a jacket now. I'm just saying, be tough if you're tough. He's a gamer. Maurice, you got to remember something about Steve Young. How many years did he back up Montana? Eight? Seven? When he came over from the Bucks, Steve didn't really have a long career. And remember how he left the game? Concussions. Because he was a runner. But he was a special runner. I played against him in high school. He went to Greenwich High School. I went to Stanford Catholic. And I played high school football against him and his brother Mike, who both went to BYU. I thought Steve was going to be a running back. He ran four fours. That's no lie. Steve Young ran four 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 five. He was as fast as lightning. And when, when, and the fact that he was as accurate as he was, he led the NFL like 45 years and four or five years in a row in completion percentage. He was just a gifted dude, man. Steve St- Steve Young, I'll tell you what, people used to say this at the end of Montana's career in San Francisco. Dude, don't let Young be healthy. Man, you'd rather face Montana. He was a pure dropback guy. Montana didn't roll and run a lot late in his career. He stayed in the pocket. When Joe got hurt from Leonard Marshall and they they ruptured his spleen, he didn't move around a lot after that. He was in that pocket. But Young, man, he'd take off down that field, that playoff game against Minnesota where he went 45 yards and then he fell into the end zone. Dude, he's a special dude. four could throw it 75 yards on a dart. I mean, very few guys like that. But his running, he never protected himself. Okay? Never protected himself. Steve Young ain't running like Hertz. I don't are you you're not comparing Jalen Hurts to Steve Young are you please my god calm yourself down <laughs> I mean Steve Young's a special player man I mean throw for 4000 yards and I mean hey it helped you at Jerry Rice <laughs> Seals can you see the Eagles making a run for Derrick Henry Derrick Henry's gonna command money, though, dude. You want to pay $8 million for Derrick Henry? Remember, your checking account has so much money in it. Okay? Just like you and me, the Eagles have so much money in their checking account right now. You've got to be smart. You're building here, watch this, guys. You're not looking for the best running back. You're looking for the best roster. Heading into 23, you guys are looking at players. You need to build the best. Why? why, How many? Hey, here's the best example of this. Once you got the quarterback position figured out, what did New England always do? They built the best roster. Name me the stars that New England had. Let me think during the Brady era that they paid. When wanted money, they shipped him out of town. When Chandler Jones wanted money, they moved him. When Richard Sherman wanted money, they moved him. Not Richard Sherman, Richard um, Seymour. They moved him. They didn't play that. They played roster games. You guys are looking. Let's get Derrick Henry. Wide receiver three. let Dude, build the best team you can like you did last year. That's your formula. You may not, watch this, you may not get the best corner in free agency, but if I get the third best, am I okay still in the NFC? Probably. If I get a wide receiver at three and he gets me 30 catches, 25 catches, 350 yards, and I drafted him in the fourth round, is that a grand slam? Paying him 600 grand versus paying a veteran guy the league minimum at least 1.2 million? Zach Pascal is not worth the money. I don't want to pay him one five. Why? I go in the draft to pay a guy 600 grand, get the same shit for him. But Nick likes Zach. He had him in uh, Indianapolis. I mean, think about the roster. Marisco Sills. I say Phil Sims is probably the most underrated quarterback ever. I love Phil Sims. You know why? Phil Sacker Phil Sims was Troy Aikman before Phil Sims um, could understand that. And I tried to tell Sims this all the time. He's a friend of ours. He's been on our program a boatload of times. But um Phil Sims was Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman's not better than Phil, or he's not better than Phil Sims. They're the same guy. But know this you guys remember who the giant wide receivers were in those Super Bowl years? Bobby Taylor. Who else? Who were the wideouts? They were a power running team through to Bavaro. Couple wideouts. Great O-line. Played lights out defense. And he conformed to that because it was winning formula. That's why they won. Because the quarterback conformed to the formula. That's what Jalen's done. Every quarterback that conforms to that formula, whatever the system is that the coordinator and the organization wants to put in there, those are the guys that are going to win. And that's why Phil and Aikman won. Aikman didn't have to throw the ball for 500 yards. Why? You had Emmitt Smith, 28 carries, 155, go home, you win a game. Third down, possession wide out, and Aikman, uh, Aikman to uh Irvin. Had a pretty good tight end that could move the chains for you a couple of times Nova Novacek. You need to add an over-the-top threat on the other side, the kid from Tennessee. And a great O-line. That's a formula. Troy didn't have to do anything. He was a modern-day version of Sims. All these quarterbacks that conform to that and know what the system is become the, become the system. And then before you know it, you start hearing the words system quarterback. Tom Brady is the system. Jalen Hurts in Philly is the system. Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. Yeah, it's his system. Yes. That's not an insult. It's idiot media people that go, well, this guy's really not a great player. You know, he's a system guy. You don't plug and play. Watch this. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre are two different guys. There's two different completely play-calling systems in Green Bay, but they've had the same two quarterbacks for 30 years. There could have been two more different. One guy threw interceptions, the other guy doesn't. Systems. (laughs) Okay? Jalen Hurts is the system in Philly. tone goes i'm looking at steve Young's stats and his career is so fascinating the guy didn't hit his stride until his 30s that's why you got to keep pounding not only that he had coaching when he was younger let me tell you something when you have a quarterback guru around you i've talked to steve young about this numerous times steve and i again like i told you i played high school football against him when he was at greenwich connecticut and i was at stanford catholic And Steve was this great runner. But when he got to Tampa, they didn't know what to do with him. When he came in there from the uh, USFL, they had no idea what to do with him. Walsh gets a hold of him, turns him into a West Coast dual threat guy, guy led the NFL four or five years in a row in completion percentage. Was a force. We used to say this, man, I hope Montana's not hurt. (laughs) Because that dude was an absolute force. A force. One of the privileges that I get to have is to talk to people like Bruce Arians. And I got to tell you, since our show is based in Philly, you all know this. Uh, Bruce has some uh, Philly and Temple ties. We bring them on here now here on the National Football Show. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Doing, Sills. How you doing, buddy? All good, man. I mean, Coach, we're based in Philly, and all the people are like, Sills, this guy's Jersey, and he's Temple. He started all of it here. And... If I'm not mistaken, Coach, did you did you go from Temple to Coach Bryant, or did you go from Coach Bryant to Temple?
8: Coach Bryant to Temple,
3: yeah. Coach Bryant to Temple. Yeah. I was 30 and thought I knew everything. I didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Coach, real quick on Coach Bryant. So he, he calls me up, and, you know, he comes up in that big Lincoln where he used to recruit. So he's recruiting me up in the Connecticut area. Shows up in my grandpa's driveway in his big Lincoln. And I go like this. I go, Coach, I mean, how many Italian restaurants do you have in Tuscaloosa? He goes like this. He goes, we got one. I go, how many times you ever had on Johnny Musso? Come on, man. <laughs> he <laughs> sent me a letter, Coach. that said, good luck to you, man. I'll see you on Sundays. And my pop always loved him, man. But that's my Alabama Bear Bryant story. And I still got that
8: Yeah, man, it's special when he came to your house. That was special, bro. <laughs> he came there, man. He he
3: really <laughs> did. Coach, do you miss it? Um, no. Oh, how no. about this, Coach? Do you miss Sundays, or do you miss Monday through Saturday, or is it reverse? Do you miss being on the sidelines?
8: I miss being on the sideline. The press box sucks, you know. But uh, <laughs> you know, I got so lucky. I got twelve games to practice to become a head coach when Chuck got sick. And this year, I got 16 games to retire, learn how to retire, because I got to go to practice. I go to the games. You know, after the New Orleans fiasco, I couldn't be on the sidelines no more. So I had to go in the press box. And that was the hardest part, you know, because the referees couldn't hear me because I'm out up there.
3: <laughs> Coach, here, take me to Byron Left, which I have a lot of respect for. And I know you do too. You're the guy that pushed him into coaching. And, you know, and Todd Bowles getting the head job. As a Buccaneer guy, Coach, it just seemed to me, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it didn't seem as organized as when you were kind of the buffer between everything that was going on between Tom, Todd, and Byron. You were kind of like the traffic cop, and it just seemed a little bit that it was missing that touch, that little thing that I think that head coaches develop into. Am I wrong when I say that? I think,
8: so it's a big thing, Danny. It's just probably different philosophies, you know? Um, Todd's got to be Todd, and his philosophy is different than mine as far as being a head coach and the offense he's looking for. Uh, he's more of a defensive guy, wants to run the ball. Um, we were more or less score 30 points and see, see if we can hang on and win. Um, not putting our defense in any problems, but uh, so it's just a philosophical change, and uh, – I mean, I gave the thing to Todd, and I'm I'm trusting him with it, and uh, I think he'll do a hell of a job. Byron's going to be fine. He's one of the top premier coaches in this league, Um, and he'll find his way, and he should be a head coach real soon.
3: Coach, I'm going to say something here because I said this. I go, someone brought up, you know, to me, they go, hey, Tom got divorced, and he's going through. And I went like this, and, Coach, no disrespect, but I said this. I don't give a shit about that. I could care less about that stuff. This is about winning ballgames and Sundays. We all got personal problems, and we got to put that stuff aside. Now, again, I'm talking to you, Coach, like I would be in your locker room and one of your players, but it just seems that the outside media made all these excuses here. And, again, his, his resume is legendary, and I'm not really taking a shot at him, but I think that noise played a factor in the Buccaneers' success because that's the first time I ever saw him It just seemed distracted. And I think it distracted everything that you guys were trying to accomplish. Am I wrong?
8: I think you're totally right. Totally right. And I think, you know, what Tom went through was hard, boy. I mean, because it was so sudden. And he's in camp. He's ready to roll. All of a sudden, boom. Um, That comes out of nowhere. And I got to applaud him, man. He did a hell of a job. I mean, he lost weight. That was eating him up. But he hung in there with his guys, you know, and – he had to take the little hiatus and, and get straightened out. But uh, I fought through it the whole season, but it wasn't Tom Brady out there, in my opinion. I, I, you could see it every day. But uh, near December, he started to come back around being himself. And I thought, we would, I thought we would have it fixed for the playoffs, and we just didn't have enough for Dallas.
3: Coach, did you have conversations with Tom? Did everybody kind of talk with him to kind of walk him through it? Because, again, Coach, like you said, see, people don't understand. When you're married to the NFL – It is totally the toughest divorce you'll ever have in your life. Your wife, your children, obviously, you have to departmentalize that stuff. But I told people this, my toughest divorce, and I've never been divorced, but I would imagine it's leaving football, man. I mean, it's the most impossible thing because you sacrifice your body, your mind, your soul, your time, your efforts. And it just seemed to me the personal divorce and then the career divorce, it just collided with one another, and it really kind of put the doom on the Bucks, didn't it?
8: Yeah, I mean, they throw the injuries to the top leaders. Yeah, You know, Chad, Barrett, Ryan, Jensen, it's one thing to lose players, but when you lose your leaders. And then Tom, Tom was angry all the time, you know, because of what was going on. And uh, and so it was, it, was, it was not an easy year. I was really proud of our guys. You know, we hung in and won our division. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but we won the division. We got in the playoffs, had a home game, and uh, didn't have enough that night. You know, and uh, I, I look for for the Bucks to reload here real quick. Coach, do you what? 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 I
3: like Kyle Trask's journey. If I'm not mistaken, I heard Dan Mullen say he got one scholarship offer when he was at Florida, and he was kind of like Dak. He worked his way into being a premier guy, and his work ethic. And look, if I got a teacher, and I'm going to college, and I want to have a professor, and my professor's Tom Brady <laughs> and Bruce Arians, and I mean that's pretty good to learn from. And sit there, Are, do you have high expectations for Kyler? Will you guys take a look also at free agency and end of the draft maybe?
8: Yeah, um, I mean you have to you have to do your due diligence. I mean you got look well, three years ago, who would ever thought Tom Brady was behind door number two? You know, we like Jameis. We just had to do our due diligence. This year's the same thing. Jason and Spy and the guys will be going through, you know, who really is becoming a free agent, who's not getting tagged. See what's available, what's best for the Bucks. But you no, know, I, I think we're in good hands with Kyle. I, I, he has impressed me in the last two years. He, he's a workaholic and uh, and he's talented enough. There's no doubt about it. You know, Coach. The,
3: you know, one thing about Tom and his issues, but man, that injury bug, that had to be one of the most devastating injury teams that i've seen in the last 20 years i mean oh the entire it seemed like the entire old line got knocked out of there starting with the center jensen gets knocked out then it goes all the way down to your tackles i mean your secondary got beat up that
8: played a lot into it too didn't it it really did i mean and like i said it's not just i mean when you're talking about losing your leaders and your veterans you know it's not like hey this rookie just got hurt well we weren't counting on him anyway you know uh plugging another guy but but well, when you start le- losing guys who get at least 15 votes for captain, that's the type of guys I'm talking about. That When you start losing those guys for a long period of time, and they're not are not locker room, they're not in the meetings, you lose that leadership. It hurts. It hurts a bunch. Coach, I want to I ask you some questions about dual threat. You know, I had
3: Coach Johnson on the other day, Jimmy Johnson, and we were talking about it. You know, a guy like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, these guys don't have – High shelves, and you're you're prototypical. I mean, you've worked with some of the best. I mean, you had Luck and you had Roethlisberger, Brady, all these great players that you've had. Not really too much dual threat dudes. Do you think you can build a roster around a guy who's going to miss time, no matter what you say? Even Josh Allen, if they don't rectify that running game up in Buffalo and have him have limited more or limited uh, runs, you're looking for Andrew Luck kind of stuff here. Andrew only played seven years. Can you build your team around a guy who relies on dual threat, running the ball
8: and also throwing the ball? I think you have to have two. I think you have to have two so that you can build the same offense. You know, um, I, I think the dual threat is is something that's, that's here to stay. There's no doubt with, with the success that the guys are having. But like you said, that backup better be a hell of a player. And he, he better fit that system. You can't have to switch systems, you know what I mean? I can't yeah. have a dual threat and a drop back passer. I, I got to have somebody else who can move around and and continue. The, the offensive line's got to know where your quarterback's at. You know, and if he's a scrambler, they got to know, hey, got to let go. Guy starts going. You just learn how to block that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I, I think um, the Justin is the Jalen Hurts's, the, the, the Kyler Murray's, those guys, that's what's coming out of college now. So uh, this year is another – maybe a better year than it's been in a while for quarterbacks, but they can all run. They're all athletes, you know, and and you see that coming out of high school. Um, These kids are the best athletes that used to play basketball or whatever. They're all playing quarterback now.
3: You know, coach, I think this is why you had great success with quarterbacks because you weren't a guy that went and and no disrespect. And I'm not going to throw any shade because Ernie Zampezi was spectacular in his play calling designs and all that along with Don Coriel. However, When you came into the league during my time, back in the 80s, these coordinators, and this is why I think you're seeing a lot of young coordinators, you tell me if I'm wrong, Coach, is that they build these boutique offenses around the skill set of these guys nowadays. Like, for instance, in Philadelphia. I mean, an RPO coach, the coordinator on the sideline almost has no say because that's the decision-making of the quarterback, reading the end, reading the safety, reading the linebacker, if he keeps it, if he runs it. You're almost taking the coordinator. So for a guy like you, coach, you've got to build the parameters and the framework of what the offense is going to look like, but you've got to have a lot of trust in that player coming into the league. And I guess you built equity up by winning. Is that what you're seeing more coming into the game today and why you're seeing younger coordinators?
8: Yeah, I think, you know, the college game is, is coming into the pros and you're not going to stop it. I don't want some of those rules. You know, I don't like their screen rules where, Blocking eight yards downfield, I mean, stuff like that. But I, I think, yeah, the young coordinators, uh, and that's a trend. You know, it's a trend. I mean, Andy still wins it. Andy's not young, but Andy still <laughs> wins it. You know, none of the young guys beat Andy. Nobody beat me. So it's like when we get there, our old guys don't have to handle it, you know. But yeah, I think it's a trend. And, uh, but I, I look at a guy like Byron. Uh, Byron was a classic quarterback. All right, but he he understands the RPO system. He understands this stuff just like I do. It's Frank. It's running the triple option. You can go back to the wishbone. This it's really audibles after the ball snapped. It is. And that's what RPO system is, and it, it's I love it because I was an option quarterback, so I understand it. I love it. Um, I wish we would have had it when I was playing. I might have completed a couple of passes. <laughs> no, you know what?
3: I, I I tell people this, and I was like I was telling you, I was talking to Coach Johnson the other day. I played against a guy by the name of Jamal Holloway, and I go, boy, if Jamal Holloway could throw the ball, that kid would have been in the Hall of Fame, I mean, because that guy could run. And they ran that bone down there at Oklahoma, and they had a guy in Keith Jackson. They never got him the ball. That guy was a superstar in the National Football League. By the way, real quick, Coach, a couple last questions for you. Andy Reid wins a Super Bowl. Did that kind of they kind of light a little fire in you a little bit there? You know, the old guy's still winning. they coaching the young dudes. I don't know, Coach. I, I still think you got a lot left in you
8: here. <laughs> no, I'm done, brother. I, I'm done. <laughs> 70, Seventy was it for me. And, uh, you know, I I, I I love the game. I love being around the guys. When you asked me earlier about Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, I miss that part being with the guys. But this year I got it. I got to go to practice and I go play golf. But uh, I put my two- <laughs> have your eight. nighttime martini. Oh, yeah. Or oh, daytime too, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Coach, I
3: want to – because we're based in Philly – you saw Jalen Hurts in that first playoff game where the Bucks took the Eagles to the woodshed, and then from thirty thousand feet, Coach, watching how he's progressed into being the player that he is right now, how impressed have you been with him?
8: Oh, super! But but you, when you understand his work ethic, you know it was just a matter of was his ability going to be able to sustain it. But you knew he's going to work for it, and and he could sling it. So yeah, I was so happy to see. Uh, And I get getting AJ Brown helps. I mean, when you got Devontae and AJ, that's you just throw it out there somewhere, he's going to catch it, you know, they're going to jump over somebody's head. But no, to see Jalen, because when we got them behind in the playoffs two years ago, they struggled to come back throwing the ball. Now they're now they're multi dimensional, they can do it all now.
3: Coach, what do you make of the scrum rule that they're debating right now? Do you think they should outlaw that thing? Because I'll tell you what, I mean. The Eagles have to be like a thousand percent on that thing, man, and they get that great old line they have, which I think is the best old line in the NFL. And coach, now you got people in Dallas crying and screaming about it. Your thoughts on it? You think they should outlaw that thing?
8: I I think they should outlaw pushing the runner. You know, you can't pull him, but I would outlaw pushing. Now it's as very as everybody getting down and, and root hogging the D lineman's legs out of. Him, that, that's okay, you know, because that's just straight ahead blocking. And uh, it's not really a cut block uh, because everybody's just going straight ahead. But the pushing of the ball carrier, I'd like to see something about that. Yeah, something done about that.
3: Well, Coach, because you came on today, man, I'm going to make a reservation for you at Burns. You just got to let me know where you got to <laughs> go because those are my boys. They got a <laughs> picture of Big Sills on the wall. Malios, I don't know. I don't know if you're that connected down there. I could send you over to the Columbia, too, over in Ybor, <laughs> but I know you probably partake and all these places there, but – you let me know the day you want to go, and I'm going to hook you up over at Burns. As those guys always hook me up, man. Because, That's awesome, man, bro. It's an thank honor you. to have you as my friend, and thank you for all the things that you've, you've said and done for us here, and we really appreciate it, Coach, and uh, I'm happy you're with the Bucks.
8: Oh, you bet, Danny. I'll be there forever, baby. Now that they You got
3: it. Thank range. you, Coach. I appreciate I thank it. Thank you. You got, you got it. it. The great Bruce Arians, I really appreciate him stepping in there with us. Do me a favor, guys. Please hit the Like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
4: Mets Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
6: my name is uh, Fran and i'm a managing director here at delval insurance group been in the business for over 36 years saving people money on their insurance needs give us a call let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget
7: did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like iras and 401ks Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
2: Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
3: Football show. Appreciate you coming aboard here. So, Bruce Arians says dual threat is here to stay. I value his opinion highly. Did you also hear him say that Tom Brady's issues got in the way of the team's success this year in Tampa? Um, He battled through it, but they were never going to win. It's the first time I've heard Bruce really say that Brady's personal life got in the way shouldn't have come back shouldn't have come back fighting through it it's not what i want to hear my quarterback doing they were never going to win it is it, it you know what it is too bad came back for nothing okay his personal life got in the way of the success of the team yale yeah, I'm 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 not ripping him. I'm pointing out. And the NFL, it there's there's nothing sensitive about the NFL. Sensitive talk doesn't exist. Well, hey, man, everybody goes, that doesn't work in that league. Owners don't think of it. If a player's not doing their job, they fire him. If a coach is not doing his job, they fire him. It's part of what and why you get paid and have the big job. So to Yale's point, yeah, you and me, we're going to sit here and go, shit, that sucks. In the NFL world, no one cares. Kids, the whole thing, Yale. Brady's biggest mistake in his career was his final season in football. His passion. And, you know, what's what's crazy, I tell people this all the time. The last thing to go on a great player or a player in period is the love of the game. Michael Jordan probably still has the same love of the game that he had all them years ago. But his body's broken down. He can't move or jump like he used to. But your passion's still there because your heart's still there. The last thing to leave you is the thing that got you there. Your passion, your heart, the love. That's why it's, it's the most difficult thing you can ever do. I've, ne- I've never had more of a more difficult thing. Ask any football player. It's leaving something that you've done for such a long time. My final year playing, I think I was thirty six. Four different leagues. I think I was thirty six. Like, let me see. Uh, I think I was thirty six, something like that. I was thirty six years old, and <laughs> thirty five, maybe something or man. It just it, when you look in the mirror and you go, "This is it. I got to get out of here." This is the last. It's the toughest thing to do, man. Okay. I hate to say it. I think Tom Brady's going to come back. Brian, he ain't coming back, man. No way. Not a chance. Okay. Although I still have passion for music and football. Niners all day. Hey, the Niners, by the way, I do have a list. I got a list for you. Hey, and I want to talk a little bit more about Sean Desai at the top of the hour here also. And I'm going to ask you a question. By the way, I got got something down here. We're going to hit on something uh, at the quarterback position. Also at the top of the hour. It's great to hear, Bruce. How about Bruce Arian saying this, that the dual threat guys are here to stay? Okay. But did you hear what he said too? You need another quarterback. Howie made a mistake in his roster, didn't he? He didn't have another guy that resembled Jalen Hurts when Jalen went down. Right? He goes, you better have somebody that resembles what that guy does because if you don't, you can't have a drop back guy. That's why I questioned your quarterback, And I questioned the coaches. They gave. And I'm not talking Jalen. I'm talking Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew doesn't fit Philly. Shane Steichen handed him Jalen Hurts' playbook. Said run it. How about this? I think the Eagles got away with one here. Can you imagine if Hurts got hurt in the middle of the year and you had to go with Gardner Minshew? you would have had to completely change your entire offense. You may not have made the playoffs. You may not have made the playoffs because you didn't have a quarterback that resembled at all in any way what they were doing. They just thought they could, Shane Steichen, this is what really, I was like, Shane Steichen's not a good coach. There were no good calls. You were running RPOs with a guy who couldn't outrun me or Barrett Brooks. Today. I mean, they handed him Jalen's game plan. Go go, run this. He, he did the best he could. That's not what he does, though. He's a drop-back guy. Can you imagine if that guy got hurt? And I'm talking Jalen got hurt. Earlier in the season, it could have caused you a home field advantage. Dude. That guy Huntley would be an absolute goldmine to have behind Jalen Hurts. I got some guys I've written down. We're going to look at these guys that are in the draft. That, that Huntley kid would be awesome behind him. Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, those guys, they wouldn't be bad. Plus, they could be good mentors to Jalen um, you know, okay, he'd be, he be, that guy is, that guy's a really good ball player. I think he could probably start in the NFL. Plus, get this, you put Tyrod Taylor, not Tyrod Taylor, but you put Tyler Hundley behind Jalen Hurts. My opinion, you probably are able to use him because more teams are going to the dual threat. You could probably use him as a draft asset. And you could probably trade him at the end of the year and get a good, solid draft pick for him. I'll tell you this. What about Mariota? Is Mariota really an RPO guy? Or is he a high-volume play guy? Would Mariota be a good backup for Jalen? He's a good teammate. Mike Vrabel loved him. Everybody in Tennessee, he's a quality kid. He fits the MO of Philadelphia. He's a great guy. Nobody has ever spoken anything negative, okay, about about Marcus Mariota. He is a fabulous teammate. Everyone likes him. He's just limited. Now, again, maybe he fits into the RPO system, okay? I think Tyler Hundley's better than him. But I do not believe that Baltimore – Baltimore has a goal mind in that guy. That guy can win games, Hundley. See, you need that in Philly. You don't have that in Philly. The backup position in Philly is very important. It's very important going into this offseason. And it's got to duplicate. This, you know, I, I told you guys this um, a couple weeks ago. You know why you don't see left-hand quarterbacks in the NFL? Because there's no left-hand quarterbacks that you would have on first and second team, one. And your complete offense would have to be shifted. Your left tackle now is your run-dominant tackle. Your right tackle is now your pass-protecting tackle. What's crazy, that could work in Philly because both tackles are excellent. You know, both, both are excellent, pass protection and run blocking, which is an – you know, I never thought about that, how great that is, that both tackles in Philadelphia are spectacular pass protectors and spectacular run blockers. You, you, you don't have that. Jamison goes, there's a good chance that Ravens start Huntley at QB1. It it, it would help them, money-wise. Go get DeAndre Hopkins. Draft a running back. Improve your team. You pay $51 million. I like Tyler Hunley. Okay? Stetson Bennett will not be drafted. He'll be a UDFA, an undrafted free agent. He will not get drafted. He'll be somebody you might want on your team, but he's not an RPO guy that you would want in Philly. I got again, I, I got some guys here that we're going to take a look at. Okay. Lamar to Atlanta, Mariota to Philly. Minshew to the XFL. Mariota to Philly. I don't like it. I, I, I Ian Book, what are you doing with Ian Book on your practice team? He has no, future as an Eagle quarterback. Um, We're going to look at some of these guys that you guys are bringing up. Okay. Hopkins is uh, Julio Jones in a year. Maybe. Maybe. He's still one of the absolute best third down receivers. I think right now. Okay. All right. We're going to reset. I want to talk a little bit more about Sean Desai. We are also going to do this. What round should the Eagles draft a quarterback? I've got a name of a couple guys here. Also, contenders. I've got an early prediction on teams that I think are going to make the postseason on both the AFC and NFC. More on the hiring at coordinators for the Eagles. More on the combines. I'm watching them as they go on. Jonathan Gannon got a little heated by some of the questions that was asked about his Super Bowl performance. Hour number three. If you got any comments also on Bruce Arians, who was just on with us, we appreciate it. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
4: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia and we come to fight our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on his shoulder and it's the same chip that makes philly the toughest city in the country call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com Mesa and associates the toughest injury firm in philadelphia
6: My name is uh, Fran Solano, I'm a Managing Director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call, let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
7: Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
2: Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
3: Football Show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard here. Thank you very much. I thought it was a pretty telling thing that Bruce Arians didn't have a problem. See, that's the thing that I think coaches that are guys like Arians, you, you have to have the backbone to tell the truth. And Bruce came out here, and by the way, it's posted at Jacob Sports and also at my Twitter page, at Dan Show. Brady's personal life got in the way of the Bucks' success this year. Even though he tried battling through it, He it still got in the way. And personal problems like that, again, derailed the Buccaneers' opportunities. And just think about this, for instance. The greatest player in the history of the league had problems personally, and it affected his team. That's why so many things with the Eagles last year went so Right. It was such a great year for them. The defense played well. The offense was getting better and better. Jalen was improving. The schedule wasn't the best. You got into the playoffs, you got some breaks in the playoffs. You got to the Super Bowl and you played your asses off. Again, here's one thing I'll say about Philadelphia last year. They never took a week off. I mean, Kansas City took a week off. They got beat by the Colts. The Eagles never took a week off. They were in the fist fight every single fight. For 20, for 20 fights, they showed up. I don't think a lot of teams can say that, okay? I, just, I don't. Every single day, they showed up. They were consistent. They were by far, I say they were more consistent than even Kansas City last year. They were more consistent than Philly – or, excuse me, than Kansas City. Philly was, man. They they were a very consistent football team. says a lot about them. One more just to reset in case some of you are jumping aboard with us now. Sean Desai has been hired. No no shocker that um, Brian Johnson has been named the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, but Sean Desai, Shelton, Connecticut kid, started his coaching career at Temple, Al Golden – Was the guy that got him into coaching. Al's now the defensive coordinator of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He was down at the University of Miami as the assistant director of football operations in 2011. Um, I think that's under Randy Shannon, I think. No, Shannon was before Golden, so it had to be Mark Rick. That would end up taking over. Um. Shannon was fired. It, it, it's, it was Al Golden. He was brought down with Al Golden. 2011, Mark Tressman, who's a Miami Hurricane as well, um, was the offensive coordinator in our first national championship in 1983 for Howard Schnellenberger, and he was coaching the Bears. Brought him in as a position coach, and that's where his his pedigree started really taking off. And by the way, everyone's like this. He's a Vic Fangio guy. I don't I don't know about that. Because his style of football is more on the hybrid 43 Ravens defense. And I told you that in the first hour, that's more who he is. He's more out of the Rex Ryan kind of mentality. Okay, aggressive, not gonna blitz a lot, but they're gonna be exotic blitzes. Four one, four one, two three three. Do you honestly think the Bucks are better without Brady? Tom last year, all those injuries, who would have done better than Tom? Love the show, keep it up. Um. I think the injuries and Tom all played a factor in why the Bucs had an under 500 record. My, my friend, it's not shade on Tom. It was the first time he had massive adversity in his life. Outside of the knee injury he had a couple years back, um, that was the most he ever had. Injuries and personal issues played a factor in the Bucks being an eight and ten team. It's not shade; it's reality. You know, when people, I'm, not, I'm not taking shots at him. It's just what it is. It's football. This is not love boat. Okay, this seriously, this is not love connection. This is the foot. This is the NFL. You know, I mean, we're not sitting here singing on a cruise. Greatest quarterback, to, greatest quarterback? Yale, he's the greatest football player ever to put a pair of pads on. It's no debating it. That's right, Charlie. It's not a shot it. His personal life injuries, the coaching. Hey, man, I thought the Bucs missed Bruce Arians too. You want to be candid? I thought the I I thought the Bucks missed Arians, being the buffer in between. Todd Todd Bowles is not tough enough. Hey, here, you want to hear it? I'll say it. Todd Bowles isn't a dick. I think you got to be a dick to be a head coach. Hey, shut up and sit down. Hey kid, that ain't working. No matter what your name is on the back of the jersey, I think you got to be a jerk. I think Kyle Shanahan's not a jerk enough. I mean, I I, I don't think you got to be an asshole, but I think you got to be a jerk at times. I think Nick's got a little bit of jerk in him. That's why Nick kind of works because he's a jerk at times. I don't know. There's something about. Again, you don't want to be an over-the-top jackass. But you gotta be kind of that toolbox. You know what I mean? You gotta bring out the hammer, you gotta bring out the screwdriver, or sometimes maybe the feather. You gotta know what's up. Who to hit in the head with the hammer, and who to hit in the head with the feather. I think Nick's got that down. Okay? Is Andy Reid a jerk? I don't know. I think he's a better coach today than he was in Philly. And by the way, do you think you got to be a jerk when you got Mahomes? I think you got to be a jerk when you got McNabb. Because McNabb's a – he didn't need to be a jerk in Philly because McNabb was. McNabb was a jackass. He didn't need to be. Okay? And when you got Mahomes, you really need to be a tool? <laughs> I don't know if you have to be a tool when you got Mahomes. Right? I mean, hey, why would I be a jackass when I got a, a uh, generational player in Kansas City? Hey, let me be a jackass to Patrick Mahomes. Why? <laughs> Where am I? Oh, only, only a loser coach would go. Let me be a jackass to this guy. I'm trying to coddle that guy because that guy's going to win me. That guy is so good in Kansas City. His impact on the NFL has been as good as Marino's impact was when he burst into the league. Say one more time here. Guys, on the hiring of Sean Desai, just, once again, a feather in the cap of the Eagles doing their due diligence. That organization hires the best coaches I've seen since Pittsburgh. You're not quite the Steelers, but you're there almost under this ownership. Since Norman Breyman, Jeffrey Lurie has been an exemplary owner in how you do it right. He is just fabulous. That organization gets it right. They are fabulous at hires. Okay? I mean fabulous. This guy here. Here, let me put this out there to you guys. You couldn't have hired a better defensive coordinator than Sean Desai. There wouldn't have been one out. Let me think. Who would have been a better coordinator? Who do you think is a better D coordinator? Spagnola? Maybe. Dan, there's a Niner fan in here picking on us, telling the police stop. Hey, Mr. Snuffy, Niner fan? You beat him. (laughs) You beat him. Is there a better coordinator you could have hired? Steve Spagnola. Who else? Mike Zimmer. I'll take the sigh. It's a great hire. He's going. He's going to make your defense. Hey, did you guys like the Baltimore Ravens style of football? Vic Fangio, no way. He's not Vic Fangio. Look, did you guys like the style the Ravens played? Wasn't a lot of blitzing, a lot of press man, a lot of press coverage. Your linebacker and your safety were stars, and your edge guy. Terrell Suggs that's the style of defense he plays he actually blitzes less than Gannon yeah but he doesn't he brings one dude Ed Reed Ed Reed in that Rex Ryan uh, Baltimore style of play he was all over the field do you have a guy on the team now I think CJ could play that position Rex Ryan was the D coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens and helped develop that hybrid 43 that Baltimore runs, okay? And they've run that Baltimore 43 hybrid forever since 2000. Just different components. They've had a ton of people and a ton of success with that hybrid 43. They just don't have the personnel that they used to have on that defensive side of the football field. Hey, when you have Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs in your defense for 15 years, you're going to kill teams. Okay? You're going to kill teams. You're going to kill them. Um, love the press coverage. Hate the zone. Me too, Charlie. Sills, I would have liked to see them get the Georgia D.C. to get him with Dean and Davis. Maurice, I I, I thought a little bit of that too, that kid Schumann. I, I, I would have been more with this, that he knows all the kids coming into the draft and he knows all the players that are coming behind these guys because he's been recruiting them. And hey, Georgia's done a great job of recruiting. Actually, in my opinion, I think they've been out recruiting Alabama, especially in the lines as of late over the last three years. So that would be something that I would have been a fan of not so much of his schematics or formulating a scheme and putting a formation together on that side of the ball. It would have been more about the personnel decisions that they were making in Athens because he knows all the people going into the draft and he would have been an asset in the draft room. Okay. So that's kind of where I was with him. I don't think he's any smarter than Leonard or Desai or any of these guys, but he's got a better sense of the personnel that's coming into the league. If that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I mean, think about that roster. That, that, that roster that um, Georgia has, look at all those first-rounders. There's probably going to be 20-some-odd guys that are going to be drafted in the top three rounds. Could be 30 guys that could go, all right. What round should – you know, this is the first time I got to the topic. What round should the Eagles draft a quarterback? What round do you think they should draft a quarterback? I'm going to write this down here. What round would you and, – and, and for the record, <clears throat> for the record, I think if you're a general manager – you should hire people that just look at the quarterbacks. And in my opinion, you should draft a quarterback in every draft, depending on what your need is. If you take them first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. 4-1 to 3-3. What do you think Howie does in the draft? Moving back for more picks, moving up. What do you like in the first round? I think because of the hire of Sean Desai, I think it's either between Witherspoon or Porter from Penn State. I think they go corner. If Those two guys aren't there, and I think they'll both be there because of the run on quarterbacks you're going to see. And got to remember something, depending on what the Bears do. Can I tell you this? If I were the Eagles, I would pray that the Bears trade that pick to the Colts. Get them quarterbacks get them quarterbacks going because then those edge rushers, the Texas tech kid, I don't believe Will Anderson drops the 10. I do not, but he could get around somewhere where it could make you think to jump up and grab that kid. Okay. Especially the teams that are going to need the quarterbacks. But I think you're going to have at that, that particular spot. I think you're going to have Gonzalez does not fit. Sean Desai, in my opinion, they may think differently, but I don't think he fits what they're – the two more physical guys is Witherspoon and Porter and then Gonzalez. I think, I think Gonzalez is a better press coverage guy than both of those guys. But what they're going to ask Witherspoon to do, they're going to ask him or Porter to look like Ed Reed. Okay? Here's what I do. The reason I asked the question, and quite frankly, this is why we had Bruce Arians on, dual threats here to stay. And the most important thing he said about the Eagles, that's a little nugget for Howie. You better get a guy. If you're going to stick with Jalen Hurts and you're going to pay Jalen Hurts, you better have somebody that looks like Jalen Hurts behind him because you're going to need two. From a coach that coached Ben, Luck, Brady, Winston. Go down the list. He's got three Super Bowl rings. I mean, you need two. Arthur, the Brian Branch pick is interesting. He's the safety from Alabama. That guy fits exactly what he's looking for, man. I think if he's there too, I think that's going to be hard for him to pass. Maybe the Eagles trade down to get him. He's about the 14th ranked player. That's at the combines right now, man, he is so- I really like that player. Hard hitting, smart. Look, he even plays like Ed. Great range. Put him on special teams too,
8: man. Mm.
3: I like him, but in this league, you need corners. You need corners. Okay. So if think about think about the put your vision in here now. Okay? CJ, Maddox, Slay, Witherspoon. You're going to win a ton of ball games. And think of this. 18 million. 14. Maddox. And a rookie deal. Okay? Or... Go here. CJ 14, slide him over the corner, draft Branch, put him at safety with Maddox. That's got to be a conversation. That's got to be a conversation. What's better for the team? Branch from Alabama, draft him at, move down from 10 to 14 to get him. Get a pick, another pick in the second or third. Slide CJ over. It's it, it it's a jackass move though for Gardner Johnson. Because if you're gonna pay him fourteen four, dude, you're paying him to the place safety. Now you're moving him the corner. That's kind of a jackass thing to do. Because if he went on the open market as a corner, Gardner Johnson could command seventeen million dollars. It's kind of like a three million dollar jack, you know, slap in the face a little bit. OK, it's, it's kind of a slap in the face and it's not good. You know, the player might be. I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be cool with that. And it's not really something the Eagles do. They don't really hose over guys that really had it. I mean, the guy's a co-interception leader in the NFL. You're going to rob him. That's not kind of really what they do. You know, they made a trade for him. They brought him in. They made him a millionaire now, even more so than what he ever thought. And you're going to hose them by moving them? I don't know. But but th- th- football's a business. Dude, I, you know, Nicobe Dean, I know you guys are high on him. Until he shows me something, I, he's a non-factor to me. He's a non-factor. He's a non-starter as far as I'm concerned. He, he needs to show me something. I'm not just going to go like this. Oh, no, this guy, give him a starting job. I'm not giving him anything. You better go out there and earn it, son. You haven't earned a thing. Are you better than Kaiser White? What makes you think that? Because you drafted him in the third round? I don't subscribe to that. It's not where you're drafted. It's what you do when you get in the league. I'm, I, I just personally, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that stuff. You have to play yourself into a position where you earn that job. There's no jobs given in the NFL. You earn everything you get. Um, So here's the quarterbacks I am looking at in the draft. I would really, if this kid lasts until the fourth round, and Hendon Hooker from Tennessee is maybe third or fourth, maybe third or fourth i would take and he's available i would take this kid hooker from tennessee to back up jalen hurts that's who i would take now if i get a compensation pick because i lose bradbury or i lose say amalo and i get another three i might be willing to forgo a three Remember. This is where the Robert Quinn deal kind of jumps up here. Why is that? Well, the Eagles don't have a four. Okay? They gave it away to Chicago. So that compensation pick, to me, that's where this kind of – because I think it's going to be somewhere in there, five, four, three. But they may have a couple of them come because of Bradbury and Sam all right, so they don't have a four. Um, I think they got the ninety-second pick after the first. They got a second and third, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right, Nan. You get comp picks. You're gonna because of the money that's going to be offered, Bradbury. You're you could get as high as a third round pick for the Bradbury sign. Say Amalo, depending on what the money is, is Say Amalo signs for 14, that could be a four. Um, Javon Hardgrave, if you let him go, that could be a third. Okay? So there's another kid, too, the kid at Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, 6'3", 2'12". They got him projected as a third-rounder, which means he 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 he's he's a commodity pick um two guys that are that are expected to be a UDFA undrafted free agent that robinson kid at UCLA 6'1 197 little small but what do you guys make of that robinson kid at UCLA I thought he was a really good ball player. And people are projecting that he's not going to get drafted. That's a great – hey, Jameson, the program in the Big Ten that has produced the more Hall of Fame quarterbacks and starting quarterbacks in the NFL has been Purdue. Purdue produces quarterbacks. Ohio State does not. I could give you five legendary players out of that Purdue program, and I couldn't name you one. Quarterback out of the Ohio State program. Okay? Malik Cunningham is going to go high. Um, Malik Cunningham, I thought he was – I thought he had another year. I thought he had another year. Shit. Here. Len Dawson, Bob Greasy, Drew Brees, um, the Rams quarterback, Jim Everett. Um, a Jeff George shit. There's been a ton of guys come out of that program. Just name you five there for whatever reason, Kyle Orton. That's right. He came out of Purdue for whatever reason. That program's always produced him and produced, um, quarterbacks. Whereas Ohio state could never produce a quarterback. Bo Nix. That's a thought. I think Bo Nix has another year at Oregon. It seems like he's been in college for 10 years. Um, Jim Ever did get to an NFC championship game. Um, that Robinson kid at UCLA, I think, is a pretty good-looking player. You know, I, I wrote this guy's name down. Is this guy's name Clayton Toon? 6'2, 213, the kid from Houston. He's expected not to be drafted as well. But if I'm gonna circle a guy, um, I would circle Hooker from Tennessee. I think he could be there in the fourth round. I think he could be in the fourth. So here's what I would here here's kind of my mentality right now at 10. I want that cornerback from Illinois at thirty. I want an edge rusher at ninety two. I want a run. Would I take a running back at ninety two? corner edge. Would I take a running back at 92? What would I do in the second round? What would you do in the second round? I'm going to get a comp pick. I'm going to get a three and a four. I'm going to take hooker with one of those picks. I'm going quarterback three or four, but what would I do with two? linebacker? How he doesn't use high picks like that draft another corner. How about a safety? I never thought of that. Another corner on a rookie deal. Would you trade to pick? Would you trade to pick to get two threes so you could take Hooker with one of those threes? You need a backup. And you need a backup that looks like hurts. You heard Bruce Arians a couple minutes ago say it. Draft an OT for depth. It's Clayton Toon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. RE2. Thank you. It's Clayton Toon from Houston. I throw the ball a lot there, man. Is that that Dana Holbertson down there at Houston? Is that him? Need a middle linebacker? Jaron Hall from BYU. Name me a BYU quarterback in the last 20 years that's been doing anything in the NFL. And, I, I mean, kind of Mountain West guy. I mean, BYU I know is independent, former WAC team, but, dude, those 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 BYU quarterbacks as of late – they're not putting them out like Robbie Bosco and Steve Young and Jim McMahon and them dudes like they did in the past. That was Lavelle Edwards that could spot a quarterback. They've not been able to spot a guy who could be a next-level dude. about my guy Ringo from Georgia in the second? That's two physical corners. Ringo's, I don't believe Ringo's going to last in the second. <clears throat> I think he's going to go in the first round. I think somewhere between 15 and 23, you'll see him go in there, I think. Linebacker in the second round. Just go get Bobby Wagner. Draft another corner, running back. Right? Seals, you can't go wrong drafting an offensive. No, you can't, Maurice. Maurice especially with Stoutland. And you're going to lose Andre Dillard. So that's something to think about. If Hooker's there in the third, and we have a chance how we better grab him. I agree. I agree. Charlie says that Wagner's lost a step. He was, you know, according to the guys, he made $7 million a year ago, which is, and, and he made second team All Pro. Remember something here, though, Charlie? Would it be like a Von Miller sign? You know, Von Miller was thirty two when the Broncos moved into Los Angeles. You know, would it be a move like that? Von's still playing well. You know, if he didn't get hurt in Buffalo, he was he was playing well in Buffalo, and he's older than Bobby Wagner. So I mean, I I might feel okay with that. Draft another corner. Draft Hooker. I, 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 I'm gonna. If I get a third comp pick, I'm gonna. I'm gonna draft this kid. This kid Hooker to back up Jalen. I'll tell you who I'd really love to have. I'd love to have Deion Sanders' son, backing up Jalen. That's who I'd love to have, because I think that guy would be perfect behind Jalen Hurts. Deion Sanders' son that's now up at Colorado that was at Jackson State. That guy, to me, looks like he's another one of these guys that are going to be coming into the league like Anthony Richardson out of Florida. And I think he's going to be somebody like that. But you've... I mean, Deion's kid's going to play because, get this, like Bruce said, the dual-threat quarterback is here to stay. So... It's 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 guys like Big Sills that have to get over that notion that you're still looking – you know, it's probably harder. Do you think it's harder to find the dropback guy like Mahomes than it is to find guys like Jalen? There seems to be a whole shitload of those guys in the college ranks. There's a ton of these guys. Yeah, I think Richardson's going to get into the top – five that's good for the eagles at 10 you want as many quarterbacks you want will Levis to get into the top 10 you you want anthony richardson you want as many quarterbacks cj stroud here's one thing i'll ask you guys name me a quarterback at 510 190 that succeeded in the nfl I'm going to ask you this one more time. I had a conversation with you yesterday about Bryce Young. Man, he is a schwimp. I think he is the most talented big game quarterback in the draft, but he is a schwimp. So look at what Shooter says. Here's the names. Flutie. Who else? Okay, watch this. After Breeze, let's watch the drop-off, okay? Tarkington is fair. He was six feet. This kid ain't six feet. He's 5'10". He's 5'10". So Flutie, Breeze, Tarkington, you've named me three in 100 years. Who else? Johnny Manziel, the kid Wilson from the Jets, those guys suck. We're talking about the number one overall pick here, guys. Baker sucked, was a failure number one pick. Let's see how tall Kyler Murray is. How tall is Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray is five He's five ten too. Okay. Mm. I'll give you Murray. And Wilson. You've named me one, two, three, four, five. Guys, in a hundred plus years of the league. And, I mean, Flutie, Breeze, Tarkington, Murray, Wilson, probably the best with Tarkington of that group, Breeze too. But Breeze is six feet on the nail. Tarkington's six feet on the nail. You're about 6'1 and a half with cleats. This guy's 5'10". He's 5'10". You know, I I mean, Jamison's right. And plus, we're not talking about a guy like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is 6'1", right? But Jalen Hurts is built like like, like he's, I mean, you guys bring up the 600-pound squatter, I guarantee you, Bryce Young ain't squatting no 600 pounds. Be lucky to do 300 pounds. I mean, dude, I mean, you've named me five. Okay, some of those names are really good, but five guys we named in 100-plus years of the league, that's not an all-star group. And here's the thing. Watch this. Breeze wasn't a first-rounder. Flutie wasn't a first-rounder. Was Tarkington a first-round draft choice? Russell Wilson wasn't a first-rounder. You guys are talking about the first pick. What round was Fran Tarkington drafted in? Third round. Tarkington's a third rounder, too. So watch this. Flutie wasn't drafted. I think Flutie was the late round guy. Breeze was a, not a first round guy. I think he was a second. Tarkington was a third rounder. Wilson was a third rounder. Murray's a first rounder. Okay, so one guy out of that whole group was a first-round pick. But Bryce Young, you want to make him the first pick overall and take a gamble on that? Man. Sonny Jurgensen, I didn't realize he was that. But again, Sonny Jurgensen wasn't a first-round draft choice. We're talking about the first pick. See, to me, I think when you draft in the first round like that, I think you have to go prototypical to at least give yourself a shot at it succeeding. That's a shot in the dark. Not one of those guys, no team drafted those guys in the first round, though. They didn't gamble. Third round is not a gamble. It's a a high pick. It's a high pick. But the only team that gambled was Arizona with Murray. Tarkington, third Seattle third with Wilson. Breeze was by San Diego, actually. I think was a second rounder. Um, Murray, first rounder. Flutie, late round guy. Just saying here, man. I mean, you want to wait, not waste, but you want to gamble the first pick overall on a guy who's 5'10", 180, playing quarterback in the NFL. Man, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Because I don't know if he can. Watch this, let alone the fact, can he hold up? Bryce Young looks taller than Hertz. Well, he's not. Jerkinson was a fourth rounder, he's a Hall of Fame guy. Get it? But those guys didn't waste first round picks. too risky man i don't know i'd rather go as much as i hate to say it i might go with cj stroud more at least i have a shot of him playing just too risky man Five ten. he was measured today at five ten and a half. and a half dude the eagles kicker's bigger And and, and watch this. Is he a player? He absolutely is a ball player. Just don't know. All right, hit the like button. By the way, when I come back, here are my way early predictions on who makes the playoffs. AFC, NFC. Are the Eagles on that list? Let's hit on it next.
4: Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
6: My name is uh, Fran Solano, I'm a Managing Director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
7: Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? taxes are historically low today but we're facing significant headwinds in the future do you have a plan the thrive financial team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the delaware valley with forward-looking tax planning learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts get your thrive retirement tax playbook today go
2: for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the scene Go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
3: National Football Show, appreciate you guys stepping in with us. Thank you again. Um, it, It's just been massive news coming out of the NFL Combines. I'll tell you this, the NFL has cornered the market on news. I mean, they are front and center each and every single day. I mean, where's the NBA? Wake me up in June. What's the storyline in the NBA? Sixers in the East. How many people believe the Sixers are going to take out the Celtics or the Bucks when it comes down to crunch time? Right? People cover Russell Westbrook and the Lakers, who won't make the play in. They won't even make the postseason for two years. For the second straight year in LeBron James's career. Think of that. I mean, if you're LeBron James, getting Jabbar's record, it's a great achievement. It's like chasing down Henry Aaron or Barry Bonds. I get it. But now what are you playing for? Selling t-shirts? Clutch sports? What's LeBron playing for? It was the question that people asked Kobe, and it was a fair question. What is LeBron James playing for right now if he can't compete? The Lakers are a train wreck. Look at organizations like the Eagles. Look at the hires they make. Look at the decisions that they make. It's pretty impressive to stay relevant for 20-some-odd years now, like the Eagles have. Are they the Patriots? No, but... You know what's different about the Eagle run compared to the Patriots over the last 20 years? What's the one common denominator in New England? It was Brady. And some would go, what about Belichick? I don't know. Belichick kind of looks like Cleveland Belichick right now. And let's not forget something about the Patriots. People are like, the Patriots are a great organization. Really? You mean you thought they were great under the Steve Grogan era? I mean, Tony Eason, they got to the Super Bowl, but that's when Kraft took over. I mean, they've never had more success than now. But when the Sullivans owned a the team, they sucked. When Victor Kiam owned a the team, they sucked. Okay? I mean, the the Patriot way was the Brady way. I mean, the Patriots are not a... They're a good or they're, they're a really well-run organization under Bob Kraft. I, I gotta be fair there to that. But the Eagles, ever since we, you know, watched Jeffrey Lurie take over that team, it, it's been different characters that have had success. Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, now Nick Suriani, some extent, even Chip, different quarterbacks, different players. That's kind of what they do in Pittsburgh. If there is an organization, I'm trying to think over the last 20 years that has resembled, and think about this with the Cowboys. The Cowboys had a five year run under Jerry's run. He's owned the team for what, 30 years? He's had a five year run and it's over. And that five year run was because of Coach Johnson. He's never been able to duplicate it again. The Eagles duplicate it. Because right hires, as much as they get in the way of things, they still step out of the way. Okay? I mean, go to the last 20 years. Give me the teams that have been consistent winners. Pittsburgh, Philly, New England, Packers. Packers. Who? Right? All right. These are the teams that in my pre-season picks to make the NFL postseason. Chiefs, yeah, Sean? Chiefs? Let's do the AFC first. Number seven, I got the Broncos. I think that Sean Payton's going to turn that Bronco team around, and I think Russell Wilson's going to have a turnaround season, and I think the Broncos are going to make the postseason. You got too good a defense. I think the Broncos make the postseason. I think they'll make some deals in free agency. They'll bring some dudes in because they don't have any draft equity. They're going to have to. Um. So to me, I think the Broncos make the postseason. Number six, I got the Chargers here. And I think the Chargers have too much talent not to. And boy, I'll tell you something. If Brandon Staley does not get to the postseason, um, he's got to be fired. I think they have a poor issue there at Coach. Okay, you guys would be shocked here at five. I got the Cleveland Browns. I think that's a heck of a roster. And I'll tell you what, if they don't make the postseason and you gave a quarterback $230 million guaranteed dollars, they're talking to restructuring the contract already so they can get more guys in the building and get more free agents in there for him. But let me tell you something. The Browns better make the postseason. And get this. I don't want to hear, you had your warm-up year. You had your warm-up year. That was this past throwaway season. You played in enough games, in my opinion, to get your beak wet. You better roll into this year, and you better put that Browns team in a position to win a lot of games. I'll tell you what, of all the quarterbacks in the NFL that has the most pressure on him, he's got the most pressure on him. Why? Why? Because he's got the biggest deal. All that cash guaranteed. All that future. All those draft choices. Dude, you know that movie Draft Day? This is the legitimate Draft Day movie being played out in Cleveland. This is Draft Day. Number four, I got the Jaguars. I think they're going to continue to improve under Doug. Three, I got the Bills. I think they're going to get a running back up there. Looks like Saquon Barkley's now a free agent. Put Barkley up there with Josh Allen. They may not lose a game. And now you don't have to have your quarterback get his ass kicked. Get Barkley up there. Put Barkley in Buffalo. Holy cow. Barkley in Buffalo? Would be a nightmare. Bengals at two. Better keep improving the O-line. Number one, the Chiefs. So I got Broncos, Chargers, Browns, Jags, Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs. And if you notice, the Ravens, Dolphins, are not in the Patriots, not in the playoffs. I got them missing it. On the NFC, I hate this team, but I got the Vikings at seven. I think the defense will be upgraded with Brian Flores running it up there. Um, I got Broncos, Chargers, Browns, Jags, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. No Steelers. Quarterback's not good enough yet. Um, I got the Vikings at seven. I got the Lions at six. I got the Rams in a rebound at five. I've got the Seahawks at four. I got the Packers at three. I've got the Eagles at two. I got the 49ers at one. So I got Niners, Eagles, Packers, Seahawks, Rams, Lions, Vikings. No Cowboys. No Cowboys. No Cardinals. Um, Washington will be a team to keep an eye on. Cowboys, in my opinion, are going to be the last place team, in my opinion, in the NFC East this year. I don't think they're getting better. You got to cut loose. They're going to probably have to franchise tag Pollard at $10 million. If you do that, so you're going to pay $25 million in running backs? If you franchise tag Tony Pollard, okay, your other running back is $14 million. You're going to have $24 million in running backs and $50 million at Quarterback, 49-1. You're going to have a $100 million in three players? Come on, man. Come on. Where are you going? $100 of a $244 million salary cap. You think you're going to be able to have two players making over $10 million in the running backs? That shows you the shit show that's going on in Dallas right now. Yeah, I think Arizona, Chicago, Minnesota, New England are going to make a gigantic offer, um, in my opinion, to Javon Hardgrave. He 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 he's gonna have a gigantic market out there, in my opinion. All right. Guys, you've been great. NFL combines is going on right now. We're gonna start seeing a lot of guys starting to work out, especially some of the position players as we get more into the combines. We're gonna take knee deep looks into all those guys. A fantastic hire by Sean, uh, by the Eagles of Sean Decide to be the DC and then Brian Johnson on the OC side. All great stuff. I appreciate it. Go back and take a look at that Bruce Arians interview. It was pretty interesting. Uh, Xander, Big Joe, Tone, you're great. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Thank you guys so much. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side.
4: Mets and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Phileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it